So Fairy Godmother, she was kind of doing the walk of shame. She really had nowhere to go but the Wizard's Tower. So she goes back to the Wizard Tower. She knows the stepmother's going to be mad at her. But she also kind of knows in her heart she's going to need the stepmother's help to solve this bedbug situation. Since she doesn't have her magic wand, she's really feeling the pressure because she has to get this done. Otherwise, Cinderella's going to be impregnated. Cinderella's promised this doesn't get done in three days. She's going to be getting pregnant by the prince or at least practicing. Practicing pregnancy properly. Prince Papa. Well, you could probably come up with a tongue twister there. If you do, at Dearest Scooter or feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com, I'll figure out a prize for you. So she goes back. She opens the door to the wizard's tower and kind of slinks in. It just so happens it's after midnight. But who's standing? So who's standing there waiting for her to come home? But the stepmother and Roland, the uh, former captain of the guard. They're covered in garbage and muck, and they're pissed. Look who, Look what the cat dragged in, Roland. Ugh, you. You have the gall to come back here. Where did you run off to? Well, uh, I had a meeting with uh, Cinderella, actually. You met with Cinderella? Did you meet with her as me or as you, you kindly nice-faced? Ah. Um, I kind of met with her as both of us, of course, and she thinks we're... Well, you better not have mucked everything up. Stick me in the muck as a maggot and rolling. We're rolling around in there together. Thanks. Oh, and by the way, fairy godmother, an interesting thing happened when we were in that bucket full of muck. All of a sudden I heard the bells ringing midnight. Bong. Bong. Bong, you know, you know, keep going. It keeps going till twelve. But suddenly, we weren't maggots anymore. We were back to our old selves. Well, that's kind of like maggots. The two, yeah, ha ha ha, yuck it up. And then Roland let it slip that when he was the, we turned it. You turned him into that beast, or did, oh, did I turn him into that beast? I when I when I turned him into the beast, I guess. And he tried to eat the prince's toes. It was midnight when he changed back to human form. So now I know all your spells wear off at midnight. So go ahead. Go ahead, blast me. I wonder if you do it at right after midnight. Does it still work and then it lasts all the way? Maybe you shouldn't blast me till later. Oh, can we? Can can we? Can you? Can we talk? Can we cease this drama? I need. I believe it or not, I need. I need to ask your help. I need. I need your help. I. I, I hate to ask. Whoa! What? What's with the? Uh, you turn us into maggots. You run off, and now you come and crying home, huh? Well, have a seat. Please, please, Agatha, I, I need your help. Roland, I need your help. The princess, she's going to have sex with the prince, and she's going to get pregnant, and then horrible things are going to befall all of us. Cinderella could be killed. The prince will be killed. I could be killed. I could be brought up on charges for failing at my job and brought back to fairyland. And you two, are, you'll definitely be killed. As a, Think about it, that muck monster. What are they going to send next? Uh, uh, please, please. Calm down, calm down. Why don't you just give me your wand, and I'll just figure everything out, sweetie. Little Penelope. Just give it all to Agatha. Wish, wistress of the king, Mistress Agatha, witch of the kingdom. I wish there was a better term for that. It's like wizard, warlock, witch. Huh? 
But anyway, I'll think of something. But right now, I'm Mistress Agatha. So just give me the wand, and I'll solve whatever your problems are. We're going to have Roland over there in a jiff, and he's going to impregnate Cinderella. Whoa, whoa, hey, I'm, uh, Miss Agatha, uh, only if, uh, I, I will not commit any acts of indecency without the full participation of the princess. Uh, uh, sh Roland, shh. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I'll give you my wand in a bit. Just, oh, please tell me you'll help me. What do you mean you give me your wand in a bit? Why don't you just wave your wand and fix, what's the problem? Tell, tell me the problem. Well, Mr. Sagatha, uh, she says she'll have sex with the prince, or make love, make sweet love, I think she said, and sweet pregnant. She said she was going to be as pregnant as a murder of crows. I don't even know what that means. Like a kitten, a litter of kittens inside her. But she said if I don't get rid of all the bed bugs in the poor, poor sections of town, for all the poor of the town, all the, uh, every villager pretty much, she's going to, she's going to get, you know, she's going to, you know, and then we'll be all doomed. Okay, well, why don't, just, let's take your wand. We'll, we'll both hold it together, and we'll go down there, and we'll wave a little spell, and we'll turn all the bed bugs into some slow-moving thing, and we'll just gather them up and be gone. It'll take us a few hours. We've got, if we do it now, we'll have till midnight tomorrow, correct? According to my uh, calculations. So let's get right on that. What if we, what could we turn them into, Roland? What do you think? Turtles, ma'am. Turtles are very, or tortoises are very slow creatures. Well, have I done well? Have I done well? You have Roland, you nincompoop. Um, that's a good idea, though. Yeah. Maybe fish, because they'd be out of, they wouldn't be in the water. Anyway, just get, let's get that. Well, Cinderella's banned me from using magic. Uh, uh. Well, she's banned you. Right, exactly. She doesn't ban me, so just give me the wand and I'll take care of it. Well, she kept the wand. You lost my magic wand? Well, it's my magic wand, you. Your face looks like it's pulled back even tighter than normal. Your hair is... You should loosen that bun. It's going to... Shut. You lost the wand. My... My wand, I'm the wizardess of the kingdom. You're going to make me a fool. <sighs> well, I suppose I have no choice but to help you. All right. Now, here's what's going to happen. We have three days. Is sunset or sunrise? When? I, have, I guess uh, three sunsets from now? I don't know. Okay. Do you, we're going to go to bed. We're all going to sleep. We're going to get a good night's sleep. Tomorrow, we'll head down to the inn. At the crossroads into town. And we'll figure all this out. And you'll get me that wand. If I figure this out. You got that? Godmother, fairy godmother? Oh, okay, of course, of course. Shh, what was that? Did you hear some rumbling? We're going to get some... No, I can't, I can't possibly sleep. <laughs> okay, here. I'm going to go in my cabinet. Take this out. And Roland, you should probably drink some of this too, because... You don't do us. Okay, drink this. There you go, sweetie. Okay, now you go and lie down. You'll go right to sleep. What? What is it you uh, fed me? Um, he, they call it sazarp. It's an opiate and alcohol mixed together. It'll be fun. Oh, 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 oh. oh, Roland's already fallen down. 
and he only smelled it. Okay, so chop-chop. They all go to bed. The next morning, they wake up and they head over to the end at the crossroads of town. Now, this is the end that the innkeeper married one of Agatha, the stepmother's daughters. She married him, married one of her daughters off to the innkeeper. He's since retired his, his son and his daughter. No, that's not possible. Yeah, so she's married her daughter off to the innkeeper in exchange for, you know, dinner when she needs it and, and dinner and drinks every night. And Agatha, it's been a while since Agatha's been at this inn, so they've missed her. So she shows, they show up for brunch. And, oh, Agatha, Agatha, we've heard, we've heard, we saw your your magical duties. Oh, and they're all bowing, and they're, they're, it's like she's a celebrity. Oh, Miss, we, we've always believed in you. They're a little bit scared of her, and, and I think they were in the past, if we could sit in on it. But she was also like kind of like a, uh, not a gangster, but she kind of had that thing where she'd sit in the corner and people would bring her problem, them, their problems to her, you know, the problems they didn't want anybody else to know about, and she'd solve them. So, meanwhile, everyone's gathered around, and, you know, some of the guests from out of town are like, who's that? And they're like, oh, it's the the witch of the kingdom. Come to visit us and check on everything, and I hope everything's in order. Oh, Mr. Shalen, where's your favorite table, and who are these your guests? Are these your guards? This this here's my assistant, Penelope. She's my chambermaid. And this here's my, uh, I don't even know what to call him, my Roland. So... Thank you for your hospitality and keep. How's my daughter? Oh, uh, she's uh, she's alive, Mr. Sagatha. She's uh, she's still sleeping right now. Oh, figures. Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna you know chat around. We'll sp- we're gonna spend the whole day here. Oh, wonderful! The king or the queen or the princess be by. Is this official visit? Is this will there be any magic work? No, no, no. Actually, uh, well, you know, have a seat. Let's talk candidly. I need you to talk around to all your guests, and I need you to think. Princess has us on a special mission, just for the princess, a secret mission. Let's see, get rid of, rid the rid the town of bedbugs. Oh well, Mister Shagatha, only the poor have bedbugs, you know. They they were a scourge of the kingdom for a while, and then, you know, uh, the priests or something they cast some sort of prayer spell and. You know, we burned that effigy of uh, that one giant bed bug, and, and since then, I think they've only bothered the poor folk. Uh, I think it, there might have been, I can't remember. So th- then that was taught before. Okay, okay. I need you to ask everyone that comes in here how they keep, who has had bed bugs. What, like, what do you do? How do you keep bed bugs out of your hand? Oh, well, I judge a man by his outfit and the coin in his pocket, and. If uh, bed bugs are discovered, I just uh, I call I call in the uh, I just call in the priest. They charge, uh, you know, that temple down the road. It's called the uh, temple, the abominable insect or something, something of the like. And they they get rid of them. Okay, okay. So the temple gets rid of them. Now what do they use? Oh, some sort of smoke and incense, and they chant. Then, okay. Well, I want you to ask around for any other. Other um, cures. What? What? And and okay. So you get this. How come they don't? They don't. How come then the whole poor part of the village is not clean? Why don't these priests, this church of the infernal insects? Why don't they go down there and clean up? Oh, well, they say it's the scourge of the poor. Well, I thought. Uh, I mean, 
know, I'm not a religious woman, but I'm, I thought religions were in service to the poor or something. No, 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 no. That's just a stereotype, uh, um, Mr. Sagatha. No, no, no. They they charge for their services. You know, their, their, their religion needs coin to deal with the infernal insects. And what it, their god is a bug-eyed lord that dislikes insects. I can't, I don't practice a religion, but yes, they they expect to be paid for their services, so the poor cannot pay, therefore, they're stricken. Okay, well, anyway, anyway, I can't get, what is this debate that you're getting me into? Okay, I need to interview everyone, I need to, you, we're going to source all your customers, I want to know every other cure other than these infernal insect religious folks of what we can do to get rid of these bed bugs. Got it? Okay, we'll be here all day. And so they spend the whole day there. And, and most of the stuff they were is a twist on that, like, oh, it's the poor, they're not clean enough. Oh, it's the poor, and they spend too much time in the mud, and the baby insects are on them. Or, oh, the poor, you know, they don't wipe, or they don't wash their hands. Or it's what they eat, it's their poor diet. You know, too much soda, or whatever they called it back then. So it's always the poor people's fault. And I'm not trying to be, you know, a bleeding heart uh, person here, you know. I'm just telling you the facts. So most of the middle class folks rolling through here, the traders, the working class, they're saying, you know, it's, it's a disease of the poor. It's basically their bed bug thing. And yeah, this religion gets rid of it when the poor people bring it to them. And, uh, you know, stepmother, she's not too... She's not too pleased. So, but it's getting towards night. So it's getting towards the evening. So she calls a roll. She calls a meeting with Roland and the stepmother. The fairy. She calls a meeting with Roland and the fairy. Okay, what have you two found about these? You know, is it the same thing? Everyone you talk to saying, "Oh, it's a poor." Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I, I, I'm afraid the way people are looking at me that one of them, these men, could be a spy sent to slice our throats open. Okay, Roland, you just watch out for her and her. She's losing her marbles. Every 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 three hours, give her a sip of this. And then, um, you know, you two just come on. We're, we're going to go to bed, go back to the tower. We're going to sleep, and then we're going to go into Port Town. So they get in a good night's sleep. And the next morning they get up, they go to the poor sections of town, and they tell them they're on a – they tell them what they're doing. We're, oh, we're on an expedition from Princess Cinderella here, and we're here to try to get rid of your bed bugs. And we, you know, we brought some things along. We would like to try them out. So they go into some bedrooms. You know, poor people kind of think this is odd. You know, these strange, this strange, ugly-faced woman and this drunken, obliviated, uh, puffy-faced kind of donut baker are rolling around, and they're going in and looking under their beds and rolling around in their beds. And trying to do incense and blow incense into the beds. They're bringing cats in to see if cats will eat them. Heating, heating up the room with tons of coals. And they're opening all the windows. They're bringing all the beds out into the sun. And doing stuff all day long. What else? You know, water. Singing, screaming, chanting. They try a bunch of chants. Oh, bed bug, you know, stuff like that. Drums, birds, rats. They check rats for bed bugs, too. They try all these things. And then they, you know, then they're like, okay, we'll come back tomorrow. So then they go home. 
and I get ready to go to bed. And Fairy Godmother's already passed out because she's been drinking that Cesar. And Roland's, he's like, man, I'm feeling, I, I think I, I need a bath. I'm feeling uh, scratchy. And then Agatha's like, oh, I, I was trying to ignore it. We got the bed bugs. We got them. And then looks, and she's got bed bugs crawling all over her, in her clothes. And Roland's got the bed bugs too. And, if, and they look, the fairy godmother's covered in them. They're biting her like crazy because she's passed out. So, she's, so they don't sleep a wink. And the next morning, I mean, she's like, she's like, we're figuring this out. Roland, take off all your clothes. And she goes in, she's like, get in, stay in your room. And I'm going to get rid of these bed bugs. And he's itching and rolling. She starts to do experiments on rolling. And she starts, like, beating him, making him run around and sweat, pouring hot wax on him, uh, putting different bu- other bugs on him, like ants and stuff. She tries this for days and days. I mean, not days. She tries over and over. Everything you can think of. Hot water, cold water, ice water. Dogs licking him, horses licking him, pigs licking him, mud baths, uh, acid baths, hot oil baths, everything. And by the time the night comes, you know, they still have the bed bugs. So then she's like, okay. We sh- she's out of her mind. They go into the poor section of town, and she she's like asking them how do they sleep. And they're like, oh, you just toss and turn all night in, in the straw. And then... Uh, you know, we just learn to live with it. So they stay in the poor section. And I t- totally don't get it why they did that. But um, meanwhile, they're sharing room, the three of them, sh- three straw mats, and tossing and turning. Meanwhile, the fairy godmother's still drunk and high on the opiates. And she she ke- keeps waking up, and she's positive there's giant bed bugs in the room. And maybe they're crawling on her eyeballs. Maybe that's why. She's running around screaming. And fairy go- or the, st- the stepmother's still trying to give her more opiates. And it's like, okay, now they're down to 24 hours. And she's like, damn. Like, And then that, that next morning, they're even worse. Like, there's bed bugs everywhere. So the next morning gets there. And they're covered in bed bug sores. They've got bed bugs on them. They have, like, straw pokes. Because they've either been sleeping on... Sh- they were sleeping on straw. And the... Uh, Fairy Godmother had a burlap sack with straw stuffed in it because they felt bad cause since she was kind of out of her mind. But So they got, like, cuts and wounds and bed bugs, and they're irritable. And the Fairy Godmother's still, she's like, she's like, I was just in the, the bath, the chamber room. There's a giant bed bug in there, and he's looking at me. His name's Bernie, and he, he, he said he wants... He's 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 gonna eat us all, and she's like, "Roland, go 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 in the bathroom and check check. Just just go show her there's no bed bug in there. There's no giant bed bugs. We okay. I'm gonna gather up a sack of these bed bugs, and I'm gonna have to. I don't. Oh, I'll sneak. Uh, Miss Agatha, Mr. Agatha, you uh, better have a look in the chamber room. Uh, well, why do I need to look? Because there's. Let me guess. There's a giant, actually, a giant bed bug in there. But there's the irony. Oh, uh, yeah. How'd you know? Uh, because it's ob- uh, What's it doing? Just kind of sitting there. It's not very. I don't think they're made to move around. 
big size or something. So it's just sitting there, you know, something like that, and uh, staring at me. Uh, it tried to move and eat me or something, but I, I don't know. I think it's too big, you know, because it's used to sucking our blood or whatever, so it can't really suck my blood when doing it. I don't know. You want to go in and talk to it? Hmm. Okay, Roland. Got that church of the infernal. Okay, I've got a plan. Get the throw that bed bug. Let's get the get the burlap sack that the fairy god fairy godmother was sleeping on, and we're gonna. I'll go in the chamber pot. So they go in the chamber pot. They shove this giant bed bug into it. Weighs probably like 120 pounds. They wrestle it, and they get into a, a, a couple of burlap sacks, and they go down. They get a wheelbarrow. They throw it in the wheelbarrow. And she's like, okay, let's push it up the hill. So they head up the hill into the middle class, the religious district, past a couple temples, a couple um, oracles and stuff. And they get to this church of the infernal insect. And she's like, uh, let's let's check around back. This has got to be where the, uh, the temple priests or whatever they call them here live. So they find, like, where the uh, priests live. I think it's, I don't know what they called it back then, priest, priest house or... I don't even Templars. I don't. I don't know what they call them. But so they find out where he lives. They sneak in, and they find one guy just sitting eating his breakfast, drinking some coffee or tea or whatever. And he said, "Hello, oh, can I help you, ma'am? Ladies, uh, church's not open at this time. Uh, you can go around back for your offerings." They go, "Oh, really? Um, well, we need to know all you need, all you know about getting rid of bug bugs. Well, that is the spiritual knowledge of the infernal insect." You must become a supplicant to the insect. Do make the insect angry by asking such questions. You must become an initiate and just go off and live at our sequestered cloister and, and learn the ways of the insect. So we could get rid of it. If you have bed bugs, ma'am, we would be happy to get rid of it. We'll just charge you a coin or four of gold, whatever you can afford. Say, listen, listen. Get rolling. Lock the doors. And the step, fairy godmother's kind of in there. So you got a woman here speaking tongues. Bad bugs. There's a giant bad bug in the back. She's a, has she been in any shit? Was she kicked out or something? It's a, um, I've heard of this. I think she might be possessed by uh, bugs. The fairy godmother, Roland's blocking the door. And fairy godmother pulls the uh, sacks off and the giant bed bugs slapped on the floor and she grabs the guy by the back and pushes his face towards it and she's a pretty strong stepmother and the thing's like oh oh no what is this you know what it is it's a bed bug come back to get you for all, killing all its brethren we're gonna feed you to it she grabs his hand she holds it right by its mouth and it's snapping and it's got like sort of pincers and pokers and it rips one of its fingernails off, his fingernails off, and eats it. And it's sliming on him, and, and it's working up, and it's terrifying. Like, it's like the worst elements of a maggot and um, an earwig, if you combine the two, to be the most horrible. But it's, and this guy's just, oh, I'm so sorry, what can I do? And she's like, I need, to t- I need to know how to get rid of these dang bag bugs, regular size ones. And uh, he t- tells her that they, you go, oh, we have the storage, we have this poison smoke we use, and it kills them all. 
Okay, okay, so that'll kill them all. We're going to need some of that poison smoke. Well, just go ahead and take it. Then stepmother, you know, she's thinking long game. So she's like, no, these aren't going to come. Well, no, they won't. If you kill them once, they don't come back unless someone else infested lives there. She's like, hmm. well, this whole poor town's infested. This whole poor town's infested, so I can't guarantee... Wait, well, how do you... What if they... How, 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 how do you prevent them from keep coming back if you, other than... Oh, I'm not sure. It's like, uh, you know, we just... We smoke out the beds, and then we dust all the dead bodies off the dead beds, and... And, uh... And, uh, you know, they're gone. Meanwhile, it's gotten late, and, uh... Whatever... Whatever magical power, you know, because this bed bug is probably from to scare the stepmother, the fairy godmother into, I don't, I don't know, some sort of magic related to the fairy godmother and get keeping Cinderella from getting pregnant. But instead of midnight, this magic must wore off at noon because all of a sudden that bed bug shrinks and uh, disappears into the burlap sack. And the guy's getting in. The guy's still freaked. She's like, I can turn it right back anytime I want. And, uh, you know, she's, go gather us enough smoke, you know. So this guy goes in the storeroom, and then they start taking him. Meanwhile, his stepmother is still thinking, you know. Her brain's always working, and she's, like, looking at the set, the burlap set, the burlap sack. And not only does it have the one that shrunk, but it's just got all these, all, all these bed bugs crawling in and out of its burlap. The, you know, the weave and the burlap. And then she's like, thinking of how the f- hay pokes out, you know, straw pokes out of the burlap sack and pokes them. And she's thinking about how itchy she is. And then she looks down and she knows she's a beautiful silk dress on. And that, uh, you know, there's bed bugs crawling on her silk dress. And she, when she brushes them off, they, they just fall off. And, the, you know, there's other ones under her silk dress, but they're not able to get in and out. And then she starts thinking about the mattresses of the different classes and how the only people that use poor people either sleep on a burlap sack full of straw or straw you know middle class and rich people sleep on stuff that's like silk or satin stuffed with uh stuffed with straw or, or more likely like some sort of cotton or something more comfortable and she's like huh that's that's it so she, she puts two and two and she's like, oh, well, we need to change. So we'll smoke. We can smoke poor town out, but we need to replace all the mattresses. And, you know, summarize after that. I mean, the, after, you know, once her brain starts working, she calls Cinderella or whatever. She doesn't call, She go, goes up and she tells Cinderella's handlers that she needs, you know, they need to run a, clo- a, a silk drive and tax get silk from all the merchants and all all the wealthy people that have silk to donate, and they need to make all these mattresses. So they go on this giant mattress drive. Cinderella hears about it, so she gives them a couple extra days. And every poor person is told to line up, and they're each given a brand new silk and cotton. Oh, I don't know if they had cotton. Silk and um, sheep's shear, what do you call that, wool mattress. And then, you know, they're told not, you know, they move out of port. They smoke out poor town with the goods for they took from the uh, church of the infernal insect, and that's it. That's the end of the bed bug infestation. I mean, once the poor people, it took a, it took a couple more tries. I mean, I'm telling you, in retrospect, as I am, 
the keeper of these legends. Because I am the keeper of these legends, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so they smoke out, you know, kind of like, uh, not as fancy as, like, you know, Breaking Bad when they're, you know, insect bombing those houses. But they keep, you know, they, they, they get rid of them. And meanwhile, this legend starts to spread from the poor people. They're so appreciative. I mean, going your whole life being harassed by bedbugs to now being lying back in a peaceful bed of finest wool and silk. They just feel like every night they're they're floating and there's no more itching. There's no more bugs crawling on them. There's no more straw poking at them. They're just resting and sleeping and having, you know, making love sometimes as people are waiting to do or jumping on beds as some people do, kids and adults, napping, and mostly just getting a solid night's sleep, no more tossing or turning. You're just feeling like soft material against their skin as their body sinks down. And the world just seems to start to float away. You're just sinking in. You're drifting. You're drifting, drifting. I like one of those docks you see in a movie. It's just offshore. You know, your life has changed. You've gone from one state to the other when you can swim out there without parental supervision, without help. And you get to the dock and you just lie down. And you're basking in the sun. The dock's floating. It's rocking. It's rocking back and forth. But this, this dock's not made of wood. It's made of silk and lamb's wool. It's like a little cloud, which is the most overused word in this podcast, but it's so sleepy. It's like sleeping on a giant sheep, a clean sheep that doesn't smell bad. It has a great temperament to just parade around with you on its back and a wider back to support you. And you're just floating. And that is how the bed bug problem was solved. Good night. Oh my goodness. The bees chasing me. The uh, stepmother, the fairy godmother of Roland, are running down this forest path. And behind them is this rolling and thundering behind them like the earth is shaking and they're running. And they're just blah, 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 blah. Thundering, but it's going too fast to be like just one giant. So like you see, be like boom, 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 or not even that fast. I guess boom, 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 boom. So but something's like, and they're running, running, and they're terror. They're looking over their shoulders, and finally, Roland trips over a, a branch or something, and he's there, and he's like, ah, and, and then you see it come down the small hill in this woods. Is a giant. I mean, we're talking giant, like twenty feet tall five, six, seven feet wide wheel of Swiss cheese. And it, it's rare, and you know, to see, see a, a uncut wheel of Swiss cheese. But you can picture it in your mind, right? A perfectly round, just like a wagon wheel, but made of Swiss cheese and solid. And it's rolling right to Roland, and he's ah! And the Swiss cheese seems to be somewhat sentient, because it, like, pauses hops once and then boom picks up pace and right before it gets to him it must have 
It's been so sentient, it lines up a hole and then rolls over him and stops. And he's in there, he's like, he's yelling, but he's muffled by the cheese, and the cheese is just sitting on him. It rocks back and forth, like, yeah, I know he got you. You could hear him, like, hitting the walls, but it's like a dull thump. Like, if you've ever been trapped inside of a, in cheese, you know, you know, you're not beating the wall. I mean, it's like a, it doesn't carry sound well. Might be a good place to record a podcast, actually. I wonder what the uh, cheese acoustics are, but we probably wouldn't be the best environment for my health or smell. Anyway, so let's back up, though. So Roland's trapped in the cheese. Why? What could possibly happen that they were chased by a sentient wheel of Swiss cheese? Well, let's back up because they just solved the bed bed bug crisis. They'd kind of agreed to work together, the stepmother and the fairy godmother. So, not important to this episode, but the stepmother goes up to Cinderella's castle, checks in, and she gets the next assignment. It turns out Cinderella gave her this assignment that kind of had to do with cheese. Not directly, but the northern side of the town they're in, um, you know, where the king and queen rule, or the it's actually a city. Let's, let's not, it's a town. You know, it's got city envy, okay? It's a big town, but they like to think it's a city. But, you know, you go to a city hundreds of miles away, they're going to turn your nose at you if you call Cinderella, where Cinderella's from, a city. I know you're wondering the name. I'll get it, you know, I'm not in a hurry to tell you the name of it. I don't want you going, digging up this town and stealing its antiquities, you thieves. But anyway... So Cinderella gives him a new assignment. In the northern part of the town, is uh, it, it's built into a hill. So the rich people, of course, live at the top of the hill and then the middle class, and then it kind of bottoms out into these flats where the poor live, and then it goes into the valley that the rest of the town is in. And at the top where the rich people live, it kind of overlooks this bowl, so like a, a smaller valley. But for some reason, and it's kind of it's been a mystery since before Cinderella's time, is that any time the temperature in the area gets above 85 degrees, somewhere from a couple hills beyond, this smell that they call the cheese smell, it, it rises up with the humidity, and it comes in from the north somewhere, and it fills up that bowl on the outside of town and then slowly spills over the northern hills and goes through the rich people's homes and down through the middle class and then settles in the valley. And they call it the cheese smell because it's this horrible, horrible smell that you can't quite put. It's like you can taste it and you can smell it. And it smells like some kind of cheese you would overpay for to impress people at a party. You know, not even a Limburger. I mean, Limburger's nothing. This is the kind of thing you go to a cheesemonger that's wearing, you know, $600 hipster pants, and he's got, you know, a fixie. Well, fixies are over, but whatever they have now, some custom bike. But I guess I'm not here to bash people. Let's just say a cheesemonger, a hell of a good cheesemonger that can charge top dollar. And you say, sir, give me your smelliest cheese. They'll say, okay, man, you got it. The, the smell is like that left out in the sun and then, for the, like, you know, thrown in the gutter, soaked, marinated, germinated, you know, 
sporified, whatever, and then left back out in the sun and the humidity again, but on a massive scale. And no one knows what causes it. And since the temperature only busts above 85 degrees in this area, maybe 20, 30 days a year, no one's bothered to research it. There's a lot of wi like uh, old wives' tales or handmaiden tales, whatever you want to call them, about where the smell comes. But Cinderella tells uh, the fairy godmother-stepmother combo. She goes, I want that cheese smell, I want it gone, you know. It affects the rich people on the top of the hill, and it really affects the poor people on the bottom. And anything that smells that bad just can't be healthy for babies to be breathing and children. You know, other towns and cities make fun of us. You know, they avoid the northern side. You know, there's a lot of economic effects and the broke whole broken window effect. If you want to get into some sociology, Cinderella doesn't like it, and she's had it. So she says, you know, you got you got a got about a week to get this thing solved. So go figure out this cheese smell. It's more like a rotten cheese smell, but cheese smells kind of shorthand. So Cinderella, or uh, excuse me. Fairy godmother, stepmother, Roland are out, and they're asking around town, asking at the inn. They get it. They go through a list of crazy stuff, you know, that could be causing it. And they get it down to three sensible things. One is like these fruits from this uh, forest that's nearby. It, it could be that drop out of the trees when it gets hot, and they call, it's the gun drop forest. So that's not top of the list. Another one is like. It's somewhere in these hills are some witches and some sort of, you know, that they cook up stuff when it gets hot and some sort of witch's brew, some witch's poison. And the other one is there's, there's you know, in in the actual graveyard is like a, a old, I mean, in the actual bowl in the valley over the northern side of town is, a, is an old graveyard, you know, before their modern times, you know. So, so they're like, oh, maybe it could just be the rotten bodies or they're not preserved. So they decide to investigate. First thing they do is head out to this gumdrop forest. And Roland is, you know, he, he's lived in this town his whole life. He knows about the cheese smell. So now he's excited to get rid of it and always talking about how, you know, they try to blame it on each other. And, like, when he it was a cause of self-esteem issues for him because when he was little, he would smell it and then think it was him. Like, I'm the one that... It's not the air that smells like this cheese smell. It's like, you know, I don't remember having a bodily movement, but, man, it stinks. Everybody's going to, you know, you, you trigger this paranoia. But he also had always dreamed of going to the gumdrop forest and having some gumdrops. They head out to the gumdrop forest, and they get there, they trek, and then they, they start seeing these trees, and these trees are uh, not dissimilar to something you might see in modern days. They're a little bit unique-looking. They have a small furry fruit that falls off the tree that looks a bit like a gumdrop. And unfortunately when they get there, Roland, first thing Roland does is starts eating the fruit, which it's not gumdrops, it's, it was a figure of speech. It wasn't an actual gumdrop forest. You know, those are off way deeper in the woods by the, uh, you know, where Hansel and Gretel got uh, assaulted by that crazy woman. So these are, it's just, so he eats a couple of them, but he doesn't get sick, so that's their first, and they're like, well, they're trying to figure out if it's rot, the fruit rots, so they take a bunch of fruit with them, and they bring it out, and they smash it up on some rocks, and leave it on the sun, and they just take turns smelling, and it kind of smells, smells more like, um, 
it's fermenting, so it smells more like like rotten beer or or wine that's been left out for too long. But boom, not the gum gumdrop forest, not not the suspect. So next thing they do is they climb the hills and they start investigating these caves. And of course, Roland has to go first. He's a swordsman, supposedly. We've never seen him in action, but he was the captain of the Princess's Guard at one point. So he's leading them into these caves. And it's like a cave complex. They're not finding any caves. You know, they find some animal habitats, some town people that have moved out of the town that are either, you know, between houses or a couple people that have addiction issues. But they don't find any witches. And they go, they ask the people in the caves, they say, oh, it's further on, further on. So finally they trek around these double switchbacks and they find these big bushes and just beyond the bushes there's a couple more turns, a hidden trail and they find this cave system and they go in. So they find these witches in there. There's three witches and they're very harsh looking women. When they get there they do happen to be working on some sort of witch's brew. And they see uh, Agatha and the fairy godmother. And they're like, oh, sister, sister. And the fairy godmother freaks out. She's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not a... And then they're, they're saying it to Agatha. And, and they're like, oh, we heard about you, sister, how you've conquered. You know, you bring us good graces. And they're like, we'll have a feast tonight. You know, sit, sit, sit tonight. We'll have all... And the, the be honest, like, whatever they are cooking did not smell good. Didn't smell like cheese. But, you know, you just see rats' tails poking out of there. And these witches, they hadn't had a guest. And they they were so pleased that someone finally took the time to, like, clear the name of the witches. Like, that Agatha had legitimized them somehow. She's got this job, and they were saying, you know, spent the whole night telling tales about how, you know, being burned by children or attacked by heroes. And they're like, what do we do? We just sit in this cave. Like, we've been working on these... All we work on is the love potions, and people come and buy them. And, yeah, then they come back. That, that They don't work, so that's our crime. But we're trying to we're trying to master a love potion for ourselves. Look at us. We're monsters. You know, we're spinsters. And, you know, one of us wants to give birth to a child. And, you know, they, they said, you know, we're lonely. So they're, so they're so happy. So they have this big meal with, like, roast toad stew and... Candied Eye of Newts was for dessert. The main course was like stuffed bullfrog, whatever that thing that bullfrog blows up. They stuffed that with um, rat's meat, I think, probably. But I think it was like with a mole or something. So, you know, it wasn't bad. And, you know, it felt good to, to... for them, it was it was an act of kind, and they they were so happy. You know, they're like, "Oh, Cinderella, you know, we we hate that cheese smell, and people blame us for that too, and it caused dirty, blah blah blah." And you know, hang a lantern on it, because Agatha was touched that they were touched, and she kind of saw that you know maybe she could use them in the future. Roland, they they liked him, and they were treating him like a king, and and really giving him a lot of attention. So, hang a lantern, we might be back, but not to, not this time, because they don't have the cheese smell there. Next day, they get up, and they head down to these ancient graveyards, and they 
they find this old man who spent uh, his he lives in a small wooden cottage. Or I guess wood, cottages are always wood. He lives in a stone building, stone abode. I don't, what do you call a cottage made of wood? Right? I don't know. He lives in a stone house. There you go. Boom. Stone house down at the edge of this ancient graveyard. And it's kind of in a bog, and it's got the old mystery mist going and strange noises and monsters' tails wiggling around. And they call it the Bog of Death. Not because people die there, but because the dead people are there. And there's, you know, headstones sticking out of there. And he tells them a tale of, you know, that back hundreds of years ago, there was a great war and a great kingdom and one man to rule them all. And there was a new hope with a princess. And there was an evil lord chasing her down. And then a young man. He was brave. And he had these great kooky sidekicks. And there was like this trickster stud guy. and All sorts of stuff. Great, great, great times. But ended up, it was one of those wars where a lot of people lost their lives. Unnecessarily? I don't know. You know how many people die unnecessarily at war? We all know that. And a lot of these people were villagers that got caught in the, between the warring parties and, and families and soldiers. And he said, you know, they all live here. They tell me they're ghosts. Ghosts haunt the graveyard at night. But he goes, to be honest, I just drink, you know, at night, I drink, drink myself to sleep. So I don't hear nothing. And they're like, well, does the sun ever clear out all this mist? And he's like, yeah. He goes, occasionally, like if it gets above 85. And like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If it gets above 85, clear out this mist. He goes, yeah, it clears out the mist. And he goes, it smells awful here. So they spend the next couple of days, of course, heaven forbid, or whatever, Hera forbid, you know, they get a cold snap in and it takes extra and they have to send Roland to ask Cinderella for more time. Not important, but finally they get another heat heat wave and <clears throat> the mist rolls out and it bakes the bog and it does smell pretty nasty. But again, it's 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 at the bottom of this valley and it smells like kind of like, you know, if you ever take Doug nasty mud out of like water with algae you know that smell i don't know if you do if you do know it you're shaking your head like yeah if you don't you're like huh so if you don't it kind of smells like well if you have a compost pile it kind of smells like if you've dug into the middle of the compost pile and something like that you know it, organic nasty smell so again it, it's more like a muck smell we'll call it but we've already used, muck's been overused. That's a vocabulary we've already used in this podcast. So maybe we should call it a swamp smell. There you go. Boom. Swamp smell. So again, they, they, 0 for 3. So they're kind of feeling down now because they bumped off all the most common solutions they thought they had. You know, the next most popular one at the end was Crazy Zeke's teeth was causing the cheese smell. That when Crazy Zeke would, he would usually get get these convulsions and wander off in the woods babbling when when the temperature got too high and they figured he passed out in the woods and the smell leaked out of it. I mean, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You're, you, yeah, you don't have to tell me. So they're fighting, you know, going back and forth, 
and then, um, you know, the fairy godmother starts getting, well, what if Cinderella's, you know, we can't fail Cinderella, like, the che- we need to find the cheese smell, she's going to sleep with the king, I mean, the prince, she's going to sleep with the prince, he's gonna, she's going to get pregnant, they're going to, you know, lightning's going to strike, we're going to be doomed, so we need to figure this out. The stepmother's like, I'm tired of your piping. Like, why don't we just wait and see what happens? You know, what are they going to... And then, of course, rumble, rumble. And then they see it just at the way far in the distance, right on the horizon. A little... Looks little because it's far away. Little little wheel of cheese. Looks like one of those baby bells. And it goes down the hill, wait, miles and miles away. Picking up speed, picking up speed, picking up speed. Must be a spiteful uh, wheel of cheese because it goes across the bog of death. You know, crushes some innocent dead people, crushes that guy's house, his stone house, stone. And because it's like a hard cured Swiss, at least on the outside, it's rind free, so you can see the holes. No rind. You know, it's chucking rocks as it's rolling, but nothing's digging into it. And then it's headed right for him. So they're both, you know, oh my God, the cheese is after us. So they start running. The, I mean, luckily for the townspeople, I guess they're running the wrong way. So they're running and then they're hiding behind trees and then they're dodging out. And then boom, you know, the, the cheese is pretty smart. Like whoever's controlling the cheese or like I said, is it sentient? I don't know. Is it, a, you know, is it a doppelganger or something else? It's a cheese. But so they're running, trying to get away from this cheese. And finally, you know, we catch up to, like, where they are deep, deep, deep in the woods at the top of this other valley. And they're thinking that, you know, that Roland remembered from his childhood that over the next hill was this river. And they could could get to the river and the cheese would drown, maybe. I don't know. Does cheese float? I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, if, if you've been to a pool party and you know if cheese floats, let me know. I would think Swiss cheese would be a good shot that it would float because it has some buoyancy. But then again, it's not a baby Swiss with the baby holes. It's a you know Swiss Swiss with the big ass holes. But anyway, right, right now as we speak, Roland's trapped and he's like thumping on the cheese. Oh, oh, oh. And the f- stepmother and the fairy godmother. I mean, stepmother, she's no she's no dummy. She's like, okay, we're gonna have to face the cheese. You know, kind of like facing the music. It's time to face the cheese. So she's like, fairy godmother, come on. You know, let's see. She was trying to think if they could lure it to chase her and then jump out of the way. But now it's got Roland. And she's like, and finally she's like, Roland, you fool. Roland, eat the cheese. Eat the cheese. Get You know, get a dagger. And so I guess Roland's on the inside. And, you know, Roland... He, he's, he's, you know, he's the accidental hero or whatever. So he gets out his dagger and he starts stabbing the cheese and he's eating it. And the cheese isn't liking it, but then he's got his, you know, dagger into it. And because of the way the cheese is and the Roland's eating it, he starts eating his way through one of the holes. And then the cheese is like wobbling. The cheese is like wobbling because he's like eating through one of the side portions just enough that it's like the cheese is off balance and it's like whoa boom cheese falls on its side it's trying to get back up and you know it's a heavy wheel of cheese whatever whoever started it figured it wouldn't 
it would stay in balance, and it's not in balance anymore. So she's on its side, and everyone's like, okay, okay. But she's still trying to get up, so they're like, sooner or later, she's going to get up. And they're like, okay, well, let's, uh, they're like, what if we get it up? And then we'll just roll it right into the river. And then she's like shaking, like, no, 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 not me, man. And then Roland takes another bite of it just because he's Roland. So like, this is quite nice cheese, you know, it's, it's, it's sharp. So they decide on a plan to roll, like, push the cheese to the edge of this hill and roll it all the way down into the river and hopefully drown it. So they get the cheese and they're pushing it on its side. It's really hard. All three of them are pushing and pushing and pushing. And then they realize that's not going to work, but they're afraid, you know, if they put it upright, the the cheese will just roll them over. So they just keep pushing and pushing. They're getting more and more tired. And finally, this uh, old man just happens to be walking in the woods. He happens upon them. He's like, oh, excuse me, folks, you uh pushing the cheese there. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 we're pushing the cheese. We're going to push it over this hill. It's a giant wheel of evil Swiss cheese that's trying to kill us. It's probably from another country or something. Oh, evil cheese, eh? Huh. Oh, well, fancy that. Well, I, I uh, if you kill it, I would love to have its body. Uh, I don't know. I'd love to do uh So if you if you could push it, I could help you push it. And how are you going to kill it again? And they're like, Roland's like, well, we're just going to, you know, we're going to push it uh, push it into the river. Oh, no, no, the river's no good. You know, it'll float away. You know, that won't do me any good. He's like, uh, you know, come on, let's get it to the edge. So they get it to the edge. As soon as they get it to the edge, they get hit by the cheese smell. Like, boom. And they're like, oh, my God, the cheese just crap itself. Oh, God, and all three of them are on the ground, like, oh. And even, you know, if the cheese could make a noise, it would probably make like a, but even the cheese was kind of making a noise, like, disgusted. And the old man, he didn't, he's like, what's wrong with you folks? Like, oh, God, this, oh, 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 the smell, oh, it's the cheese, it's the cheese has gone bad so fast. And the cheese is shaking, like shaking. It's not me, man. It's not me. There's no. I don't stink this bad. I'm fresh Swiss cheese. I'm just evil. And I'm not even evil. I'm just a tool of someone. But anyway, cheese aside, he goes, oh, no, no, no. See down there? You know, just to the side of the river. Because you see that sm- those smokestacks there? That's the- he goes, that smells my factory. Like, what do you mean? You sm- like, oh, it smells like rotten cheese. He goes... Oh, no, no, he goes, that's why I wanted the cheese for. It was not for the cheese, but for, I'm going to render the fat out of it. He goes, I go around these kingdoms and all the sickly animals. Uh, from every kingdom wide, I, I fill my wagon with the sick and the dying animals. Sometimes the sick and the dying folks. The poor folks, say And I fill my wagon with the sick. And the animals, no one wants the lame. You know, the one-legged one-legged cow, the cows born with no nipples, utterless cows. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a congenital defect, you know. So I take them, and I, I keep them down there. And, yeah, I keep them out there in the sun, so they tend to stink a bit. And, uh, you know, it smells up, and don't bother anybody. So it's, I don't see the, the, like, what the hell are you doing in that factory down there? You know, 
making like that out of something that smells so awful like what are you what, you know what could you oh well pleased to meet you and he pulls out his card and he says um so he, so he hands him his card and says fair ye grandmother's soaps royal soap maker because i'm pleased to meet you i'm the royal soap maker been in my family for generations so and they're like well you know the smell it creeps down to our town you know it's really gross and it can't be you just got those animals out dead at, uh, like pens of dead animals rotting in the sun. That's disgusting. It's going to create some disease like the green plague or the purple chlora or whatever. You know, well, you, you can't just do that. He goes, well, yes, I, I can. I, I, my family's done it for generations. We're very wealthy people. We make the soap for the royals, the royal soaps for all the kingdom. Every, every royal. Well, why, you know, why... I never heard of these soaps. Oh, exactly. Are you royal? Do you have any royal blood? Then you haven't used the, royal, the royals like the soap made from the finest fats. And they have to be rendered like the animals need to be cooked up slowly. And then I take the fatty fats and whatever I can get. And I, I gloss it away and I purify it and I mix it. And, I, and it, it does smell wonderful. You'd be surprised at the stink. I don't smell it anymore. I've smelled it for years since I was a boy, but yeah. So that's what it, we we do, and you know that's 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 why why it smells so good. But you know it's it makes soap for the richest of the rich, and they need the finest soaps in the world. And the stepmother's just like this guy, is a fucking jackass, and she takes him, and she shoves him in one of the holes, of the, the the the, the Swiss cheese. Picks up the Swiss cheese herself, pushes it on it, and it pushes it down the hill right at his factory. The thing picks up, you know, can't control itself. It's going about 10,000 miles an hour. Boom, it's a factory. Boom, blows up like cheese, fire, dead animals. Like whatever was inside the core of the cheese was some sort of lava-related um, wizard fire with a uh, you know, 40 hit point roll to strike death and destruction because the whole area just goes... And it, I mean, after all the bo- only thing raining down is bones. So everything's been rendered off because whatever you know, chemicals he was using and gasolines or whatever, boom, just wipes it out. And that's it. That, so that was the end of the soap factory. You know, a couple of days later, the cheese smell drifted off. They w- went back to the village... And as they went, they, you know, told the townspeople what had happened. And townspeople, you know, like, you know, they went back to, they ended up back at the end telling everybody, you know, toasting the three of them. This is, they really got along on this one because they were against this cheese and cheese smell. But, you know, the people at the end were kind of like, you know, we've been suffering from this cheese smell so they could have fancy soaps in that castle. Thank goodness for Cinderella, you know. Everyone's like, you know, pissed, like, that damn darn king and his son have been you know bathing in peppermint and tea tree and pomegranate mixed with lime and you know acacia you know combined with blueberry combined with death apparently but so we could just deal with the stink on the north side these jerks thank goodness you you and cinderella got you guys to get rid of that fact that dump so everyone was pleased. 
So, and, you know, that's how we're going to leave the episode. Because I'm going to tell you a little story, a real story. Because tonight's story, pretty much the first time, is based on a real thing that happened to me. I lived in East Los Angeles in 19, oh, a while back. 19, 2000? I, I don't know. A while. End of the 90s, beginning of the aughts. Somewhere in there. And... They had, that's where the cheese smell was. And I think it had to hit above 90-something, but where I lived in East Los Angeles, so that smell would descend on the city. And it, it was a rumor, like, is it this graveyard up the hill, or is it this? Is it these acacia trees or ginkgo biloba trees? And it turned out it was a rendering plant that I think was on the Los Angeles River. And I remember reading an article about it in and telling people about it, but like after I'd moved out away from Los Angeles, East Los Angeles, and it, it was really disgusting. And, and it was like, it's one of those cases where kind of poor people get the short set because this guy had this, these open pits of dead animals that he had bought and he was always in violation. I'm saying this guy, it probably wasn't just some guy like Bernie, the soap man. I don't even know if a soap factory is a renting factory, but that's what causes like he'd leave well, actually, let's not get into the details. But, yeah, it's based on a true story. So, you know, a little piece of me is now with a little piece of you. I don't know that it's necessarily a good thing. I hope that that story didn't disgust you but warmed your heart that we were able to kill a royal soap maker, destroy his factory, and get rid of a stinky smell. So have a good night and get a good night's sleep, okay? Thanks for listening so much. Poor Cinderella, who kind of still thinks that she's confused. Her gut tells her there's a fairy godmother and a stepmother, but the stepmother and the fairy godmother kind of have her under this ruse that, you know, they're one and the same. And the fairy godmother met with her. This task was well beyond compare to the last ones. And that's why I've moved into my action serious voice. Plus, I have a spot of a cold, I believe, which adds an extra grittiness. So the stepmother met with Cinderella, and Cinderella asked her to sit down. She said, are you familiar with the uh, the wood of woe? The stepmother said, wood of woe? Is that, is that similar to the wood of worry? She goes, oh yeah, it used to be the wood of worry, Cinderella said, but I decided to change it to the wood of woe. You haven't read my official decree? It didn't make sense to call it the wood of worry, because anyone that enters... Never comes back, ever. Why would it be the wood of worry if someone goes in there? Like, say your husband goes in. You're not going to worry about him. You know, he's. you're going to be filled with woe, not worry. Because he's gone. Some other was kind of like, okay, so, you know, okay. Makes sense. I got you. Brilliant. You're brilliant, Cinderella. Brilliant. Wood of woe. Formerly the wood of worry. But wouldn't it be like I'd be worried now that you're talking about the wood of woe? I'm worried because I got a feeling. Well, you're right. You see, just on the outside of the wood of woe, that whole wood is impenetrable. Soldiers that go in there never come back. It's guarded by these dark forces. 
These dark farces got to be controlled by something, so that's what I'm going to get to. But the reason for your task is that this wood of woe, it goes directly to the sea. It's a straight shot. So we could build a road through there if it wasn't the wood of woe. It was just woods. You know where those bears live, like the forest of feelings? You know, they don't bother anybody. They hide. So if we just had a road right there, we could go right to the sea, to the port. Instead, we got to go way around. It's a three-day hike. Uh, just on the other side of the wood of woe are these towns that are deprived of supplies. It's a major trading route is what I'm saying, stepmother. And we need it opened up for commerce. It's going to help all the people. You know, cheaper food, will be. it's going to lower prices. And it's going to make new markets available to our goods, a more efficient trading route. It's always good for everybody. Trickle down. But not really, because I'm taxing the hell out of these motherfuckers, so... This, well, that's my plan. Anyway, let's not get into politics. I'm the politicker. You're carrying out my wishes, fairy stepmother. So I want the wood of woe dealt with. Find out what the worry and the woe is. I'm pretty sure there's got to be someone in charge of those woods. Probably one of those big bosses. You know, a dragon or a w evil wizard or somebody. So get in there and take care of it. So that's the assignment. This is a uh, Scooter's voice, not uh, Cinderella. Stepmother, stepmother goes back to give the word to Roland and the fairy godmother who are waiting back at the wizard's tower. And they ask her, and she's kind of she, she's worried about telling them about the wood of worry or the wood of woe. And she, she introduces, you guys know that wood of worry? The name was changed to wood of woe. Roland, of course, loves it. Ooh, that sounds like something Cinderella would think of. That's so brilliant, because why would you call it the wood of worry, right? If you're going to go in there, you're going to be filled with woe, huh? The stepmother just looks at Rowan, tells him to shut up. And you're right. Well, apparently it's a blocking a major trading route, and we got to deal with it. we got to go in there. Well, no one's ever come back. Rowan, quiet down. we got to go in there. we got to figure out who's in charge, and we got to take them out. The fairy godmother's kind of quiet. And she's like, Penelope, you got any uh, opinion on this? You're awful quiet over there. Well, we, we were fairies. We didn't ever, we've never had any jobs in there, and I've heard of it. The word wood of worry. In fairyland, we just call it the wood of death. I don't see. I, I've been so long without my wand, and you guys just can you guys just do it without me? Uh, no, no, we can't do it without you because. All these assignments are to do your job. We're helping you do your fairy job in order to keep Cinderella from getting pregnant. You realize if we don't get this done, she's going to have sex with the prince, get pregnant. You're going to help us out. Well, I'm... Uh, Agatha, you're good at this kind of stuff. I'm just... Without my magic... Without my wand... I, I, I just... I'd just rather lie down, okay? I'll just lie down, and you guys work out the plan, and then you could just, you, you, I'll come along. So Agatha kind of rolls her eyes, and Penelope, the fairy godmother, goes and lies down. She's a little bit down in the dumps. Now, Roland, he's always willing to help. Agatha's kind of like, this is really important to Cinderella, we get this done. I was like, well, what do you, you got a plan? You got a plan, boss? 
Here's what I think. Let's go out. We're going to go out to the Wood of Woe. Okay, let's go. So they go out to the edge of the Wood of Woe, which is a few miles out of town. What could it be a major trading route, apparently? Right now they got to travel all the way around. They either got to go up the river, which they got to go through some robber baron territory. And the river's secure, so it's not an easy route. Involves some land, what do you call those, land passages, whatever, where you got to carry the boat. Or a long roundabout road around this woods. So technically, it would be a great thing. They go to the edge of the woods, and they're kind of looking, and, you know, Roland's like, you know, I get this sense we're being watched. And, uh, yeah. and I get this like, yeah, yeah. And so, like, no one, so no one's ever returned, as far as I know, no one's ever returned from this woods, right? Roland's like, no, no, people that go in don't come back out. Sometimes the bones are found. But that's about it. So stepmother's like, come on, let's go up. See that, see that log? It's like right before, right on the edge of the wood of See how the shadow just barely reaches it? Let's go. I brought us a picnic lunch. I want to talk talk to Roland about the fairy godmother, Penelope. So they sit on the log having lunch. And Roland's like, there's definitely, you know, I get the sense we're being watched here. Stepmother's like, don't worry, Roland. We're not in the wood of woe or the wood of worry. So we have nothing to be concerned about. You know, their power, whatever power, dark forces are in this woods. They don't have any power right here. You know, maybe if we step into that shadow, maybe. I'm pretty sure you got to walk a little bit deeper into the wood of woe. I mean, I've heard tales of kids running in and out at just the beginning and daring each other. And then one time... The kid runs too far. You've heard that tale, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah my, the kids, they used to make me run in there, ma'am. I used to run in a bit, but I'd run right back out. But I never ran too far. So, well, here, sit down. Right? You know, let's finish our lunch. We're already sitting. Roland, are you worried about the fairy godmother like I am? Oh, yes, ma'am. She seems a bit down. Well, that's because, uh, Shouldn't have her all-powerful wand, the all-powerful fairy we have working for us, right? Well, yes, she was all-powerful until she lost her wand, so it seems like... And then you were using the wand, so the wand... Are you trying to say, Roland, that her wand just creates this great power? And whoever holds the wand would have great power, too? Yes, I guess I am. And all we need to do is, you know, so... Don't tell anyone. It's going to be our secret. But I have the wand here. I, I got it from Cinderella. Well, Mom, that, that doesn't look exactly like the wand. Well, don't worry. It is. It is. And all we need is this. We'll get the fairy godmother out here. and We'll have her use the wand to... This all-powerful wand to destroy the wood of woe. And then, you know, she can tran transform all the dark creatures into mice and we'll just stomp on them. And then whatever creature, you know, dark lord or dark evil wizard or some sort of dragon, some sort of big boss. Instead of having a big boss battle, we'll just create our own, you know, monster and have them go and stomp the boss into submission. We don't even have to fight him, because we have this wand. 
we have a fairy. So either I can use a wand, or you, you I don't know if you should be using the wand, Roland. Well, I'd just use it to turn myself in, in a little bit handsomer, and then I'd be in, you know, alone with Cinderella on a date. Probably, like, in some boats. Okay, okay, Roland. So, we have the wand. So, that, this has been a lovely lunch, and, you know, we're going to, I think in order to help the fairy godmother... You know, get get her, get undepressed. She'll use the wand to crush this wood of woe or worry. No reason for us to be woe. It's actually going to be the woods, woodses of woe and worry. Is that correct, Roland? Woodses, woodses of woe and worry. The worries of the woods. Well, anyway, the woods are going. The woods or the creatures in the woods should be filled with worry, and soon they'll be filled with woe. The woodses is. Wood. Is wood, wood, multiple woods, or wood? Anyway, Roland, let's go. So they go back to the wizard's tower. I'm going to talk to the fairy godmother. So, uh, Penelope, come on, let's go. We're going to go over to the woods of worry and have a little chat. And meanwhile, of course, this, the little minions that were in, listening in in the dark of the wood of woe are getting stuff back to their boss, the big boss. They're getting the word back to their the big boss. Meanwhile, Agatha and Penelope go down. Now they get, they go to the edge of the woods of woe, but not quite as close. Like without, they're they're not in hearing distance. They're just in sight distance of the woods. And she points to the woods. She says, "Listen, you know, I I notice you've been down, Penelope. I notice you've been down, Penelope, because you don't have your wand." And Cinderella has a wand, and you're worried about her getting pregnant. And all we have to do is beat this boss, and she swears she won't get pregnant by the prince. And I still have the plan. We're going to have Roland seduce her. As soon as we get this done, we can do that. Roland seems like a malleable man, and we'll train him to seduce Cinderella. Or I have another plan where I could talk Cinderella like into maybe developing her sexual skills with Roland for the prince. And I think that one might work. What do you think? Penelope. Meanwhile, Penelope, the fairy godmother, is just kind of staring at the grass. And uh, someone's like, you realize there's dark creatures watching us? Doesn't your fairy sense? My fairy sense is gone. My wand is gone. Cinderella's going to be pregnant. We're not going to beat this boss without magic. I don't have any hope left. There's going to be a beast come. He's going to wipe us all out from the fairy dark side or whatever. And I'm going to be a failure. I'm going to be brought up. If I'm not killed, I'll be brought up on charges. I'll have my fairy badge taken away. And, I'll, you know, my parents will be shamed. Are your parents still alive? Because you look kind of old. It doesn't matter, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm the worst fairy godmother ever. And I, well, you did get Cinderella in. You know, she is the princess. Before, she was just my cinder girl. So you beat me. Oh, you know, you've bested me. You have so much respect for me. Penelope, but you were the one who bested me in the first place, and I stand cowed to you still. You know, I try to act strong around you. To be honest, like, the reason I brought you out here is I have this wand I made for you. And she pulls out a wand, hands it to Penelope, and Penelope kind of looks at it. She's like, well, this isn't my wand. She's like, no, Penelope, I've been doing some research on fairies, fairy godmothers and godparents in, in general. 
I've read some old texts, and plenty of old texts I've found in deep in the dungeons of the Wizard's Tower, where only I go. You, you got you and Roland haven't been down there, but I have, and I haven't found one thing about Wand. I I believe that what I know, in the books of the old fairies, and that's what it's called the Fairypedia, says that you know the fairies, their power's innate; it's inside of them. And they merely need to, to flow into something and to be discharged. And maybe, you know, whoever trained you or maybe, maybe I don't, I don't know, you know, I think your wand, you know, when they train the youngsters, it's easier to tell them that the wand is magical because it's too dangerous to tell them that that power's in them always. And that they can just imbue some other weapon to translate it, you know, it, it could be a stone. You know, did every kid have a fairy that you were training with in fairy school? Well, no, no. There was wands and staffs and crystals and rings and amulets. Okay, see? So, what... Could, close your eyes, Penelope. Can you feel an energy flowing through you? No. Not really. Well, qu quiet down your mind. You feel some power flowing through you inside of some tubes within your body with each beat of your heart. It sends the energy, the magical energy throughout your system. Humans don't have that beating of a magical heart or tubes of magical liquid like you do. Close your eyes. Now here, put this, take this wand, put it in your hand. Wrap your hands around it. Feel your energy flowing into that wand. Do you feel, feel the power in the wand? Oh, I, I believe I do. Now raise your hand up. Raise your hand up and, and point it in towards the sky. Oh yes, I'm feeling the power. Oh, yes, I'm, I'm feeling the power. Okay. Okay, good, good. Now let's take a, a, let's take a walk towards this. We're not going to destroy the wood of woe today, but let's get closer to it. Okay. Okay, and you just keep your eyes closed and... Okay, okay, and just stand here. We're a little bit closer. We're right on the edge of the wood of woe, but keep your eyes closed and feel that power. Oh, yes, Penelope, you're feeling the power of your magic. Tomorrow, can you, feel, can you feel the power building in your wand? Oh, yes, I feel it building in my wand like I've never before. I got energy ready to be released. Yes, and tomorrow, we'll release it on this forest. Don't worry, trees, innocent trees or birds, if there are any in there. We'll only destroy... The darkness. And not just the darkness. We need a lot of darkness for shadows. and, and good, The good dark things are fine. Squirrels, you're kind of gray, but whatever. Chipmunks, you have a nice dark stripe. But, but you dark creatures, you're evil creatures that work for whatever your minions of. You know, you, you can destroy them tomorrow. Maybe in a torturous, horrible way. Oh, this power. 
I will turn them into inside-out snails or something. I don't know. And then put them in the sun. Yeah, so we'll do that. And then once all the minions are gone, we'll go and find... We'll open up the trading route, at least halfway, and then we'll find out where they're... Whoever they work for is, and then we'll destroy that creature. Oh, this sounds wonderful. Ah, this wand feels more powerful than my last one. It's so imbued with energy. Ah, thank you, Agatha, for... I feel power I've never felt before. My voice is changing my strength. So what we're going to do... We're not going to go in the woods this way. You know, I notice you know, there's that other route over the big canyon... So we're going to go out there tomorrow. What we'll do is we'll wait on the, on the bridge. And we'll see if any, any of the minions come and surrender. And as long as the, you unleash your power in time, like if, if we're attacked at once by the minions and the boss or whatever, I mean, that could be a problem. But as long as we have... We'll destroy them while they're in the woods. They're not, they, they don't come out of the woods as far as we know. And whatever the bo- the big boss is, he's not going to bother us. He's just waiting in his cave with his treasures and stuff, or her, whatever. Maybe it's a dragon. She might fly around, but from what I've what I've heard, I've heard I have a pretty good idea what the big boss is in there. So we're gonna we're gonna do it, and you know, eventually we'll have the big boss battle. But that'll be after we destroy the minions and destroy the woods. So, okay, let's go home and get some rest. So they go home and get some rest. Meanwhile, the minions obviously are freaked. They don't they don't want to be killed. They get word to their big boss. And they're the big boss is trying to come up with a plan. So the next morning comes and Agatha Agatha's ready to roll. She gets up, she's stretching, she's got her plan ready. Everything with the fairy godmother seems to be in place, as far as she can tell. Things are looking good. They're just going to go out, I guess. And then she goes downstairs to the, the main dining room of the Wizard's Tower. No one's there. She's looking around. Penelope, Roland, where are you? No, Nowhere to be found. She goes out, goes to their bedrooms. They're not there. And then she finds a note in the entrance hall. Oh, change of plans. We're not going to We're not gonna need to fight the woods of woe. We, we've got a new plan. We'll be in the courtyard. So she runs down to the courtyard and she sees Roland doing push-ups. And the fairy godmother's there with her wand, her her new wand. Agatha's like, uh, "What are you guys doing?" Oh well, we uh, Penelope came up with a new plan, so we're not gonna fight the boss. That seems a little dangerous, you know. I had nightmares about it. She had nightmares. What do you mean you're not fighting the boss and the minions? That's what Cinderella asked for. Well, I, I, now that I have my wand and my power back, I, we could. Like, I, I think I'll send some, you know, we could change that all into mice. But I don't, I don't see why we need to bother. Well, we need to bother, because that's your job. Well, I think we'll go with the Roland. He's puffing up his muscles. I liked your plan. There's much uh, less risk, you know, if Roland just does sleep with Cinderella and gets her pregnant. So I think I'll... I, I think I'm going to cheat and just turn him into the prince for a few hours and tell Cinderella we failed and that she should sleep with the prince and we'll, we'll 
I'll turn the prince into a mouse or a maggot or something for a few hours, and if Roland can successfully impregnate her, then all will be well. Agatha, you know, Agatha's like, oh, man, these two. You know that plan's not going to work. First of all, you can't act that unethically. You want, you want will short circuit. We all know that. That's in the fairy handbook I read downstairs. Second, Roland. I doubt you'll be able to perform under those circumstances. You're, you're too good-hearted and good-natured. You two are too moral. Too. It, this is below you. I mean, this is something I would do. But I, 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 I'll if if necessary, I'll dirty my hands doing this. But you too. Roland, you're a soldier. A former member of the Queen's Princess Kingsguard or something. Fairy Godmother, you're a soldier too. You told me once you do what needs to be done, and that's your job. And is this the way you two want to go out? With trickery? Double cross? It's going to be nothing for us to face down these minions of evil in the boss. We'll just go out there. We're going to go out on the bridge. We're going to wait for them. You're going to turn them into mice or something with your magic. And Roland, I'm going to give you a giant broom, and you're going to sweep the mice off the bridge into the water, and they'll drown. Well, well, that doesn't seem very nice at all. Well, they're minions. They're not real mice, Roland. They're minions. So, and they'll drown, and some be washed out to the river. And we know both all know that the river's poisoned with all that stuff from that plant and explosions. So if they don't drown, they'll be burned by the acids and stuff that was used in that stinky plant. The chemicals will render the soaps. So, I'm fairy godmother, you're returned to power. Don't you want to go out when the fairy council examines your case, your successful case? You know, and they speak to your dead parents or whatever. What are they going to say? That you lied your way to victory? That you fought your way? And not only that, you helped. Not only did you keep Cinderella from getting pregnant from the prince, what if that's not your last assignment with her? You know, will she trust you more when she knows that she's... She'll sense it. A mother knows. I've had two daughters of my own. I knew they were mine. I wished they weren't many times, but Cinderella's like your daughter. Is this what you do to her? They both look at look sheepishly. She's like, come on, let's go out to the edge of town. And I'll tell you more about my plan. And they get out to the edge of town. She actually has this giant broom. I mean, when she says giant, it's like made to it's like rolling, it's like attached to some rope. She, I don't know how she did it, but she must have been up all night. She has these ropes over the, connected by this bridge supports, like an overhead, this giant broom that would pretty much knock, looks like it could knock minions off. I mean, not all of them, but easily knock that off. She's got a little harness for Penelope to, you know, be on the bridge, but, you know, not get knocked off by the broom and... You know, I know it's tough to imagine in your mind, but just imagine a giant broom about Roland's height, the br- the broom brush, and maybe two people across, and it's you know the 
the head of it is uh, got a big circle and a rope attached to it. Kind of like those cameras now on NBA games. It can go back and forth and so swing side to side. Roland's out there trying to use it. He's not. He's learning. He's almost going over the bridge himself. And then she straps Penelope in. She says, don't worry. You know, even Roland's not going to knock you off the bridge. He might knock you over the bridge, but you won't fall because of these ropes. And all you need to do is change them into mice when the big boss comes, as he will. You just, you could change, change him into something, a giant dust moat. Can you do that? Oh, no, it has to be, you know, a mammal for a mammal kind of type of thing, usually. Well, you turned us into maggots. Oh, I guess it could. Well, it depends on... I guess it would depend on the size of the boss and what kind of magic powers he has. So, well, well let's see. But I, 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 you're right. This is for Cinderella and for my own pride. Now that I have my magic back, I will do justice. Bring on the boss! Are you sure they're going to come? Oh, I'm sure the boss is going to come. And so then, down the path comes this long, stick-like creature walking from the horizon out of the wood of woe, down to the bridge, and onto the bridge about ten feet from from the three of them. And it says, I've come to ask for your hands and defeat. I can say, is that a... Do I smell peppermint? Is that a giant peppermint stick? or? Roman, I think it is a peppermint stick. It turns out it is. It's a giant peppermint stick type ambassador. It's got legs and arms, but it's mostly a peppermint stick. So, you know, just give us the wand and turn your backs on the wood of woe forever and you will not be destroyed by his lord of darkness. The Candyman. Well, uh, the Candyman? Like, you know, the Candyman's in there? Is he, does he make a candy maker or a man of candy? The Candy Lord, then, you. You. Well, I, I mean, is he made of candy? Is, that's, I think that's a legitimate question to ask if he's going to be for surrendering to him. What's he going to. Uh, will we be able to go free? Well, um, the Candy Lord, the Candy Man, will eventually conquer your kingdom with his one well, that he, once he has the magic of your wand. But for now, you will live, and maybe you could supplicate yourselves, and Candy Lord will take mercy on you. But anyway, the question of if there's a man or a candy is irrelevant. But he is a man, or once was. Agatha says, you know, oh, so you're going to come conquer Cinderella's kingdom. Hmm. What What do you guys think about that? Oh, you're not going to... I'd lick you to death, buddy. My name's Roland, and I'm going to lick you. Uh, Penelope, what do you think? I, I think not candy, candy stick, ambassador. But I think it's safe to say that you could tell your candy lord we don't surrender. Well, then... I will call in the minions to destroy you, then. Well, well, one second there, candy stick man. Why send the minions? Once you send, ha, is your, your lord so afraid of us that he can't face us by himself? 
Well, with his minions. Why doesn't he come with his minions? Because it'll be too easy for us to just... She has the power of a thousand wizards. Roland here. As soon as your candy people come, we're just going to change them into... Well, if you can't do a mammal for a mammal with candy... How do you become alive? How does a candy stick become alive? Dark magic, ma'am. I'm full of evil candy power. I, I mean, I can't do anything, but it's what keeps me alive is some sort of sickness. The candy. I'm, I'm a servant of the candy lord. Okay, well, that's nonsense. I don't... You guys just sit in your woods and you steal people away. What do you do? Convert the souls of people into candy? Oh, yes, it's true. I used to be a normal man. I was ambassador of the town of Truffledon. The city-state Truffledon, actually. And I, I went into the woods with a, a young woman I loved who was not my wife. Now I'm here to serve forever as proud ambassador of candy, the candy lord. Well, anyway, I don't have time to discuss your backstory or the backstory of the candy lord at all. Why don't you send him and his minions at the same time? We'll, we'll do battle, the three of us, against your whole army of candy minions and your candy lord, the candy man, whatever he is. Are you two ready, Roland, Penelope? Quite ready, ma'am. I'm going to do some licking of the candy and sweeping of the candy when it gets changed to a little candy or something candy-like. All right, then. What do you think there, Penelope? Quite ready. So... All of a sudden, coming down as a whole army of candy. and I mean, I don't have time to get into it. Maybe because now that I'm telling the story, I'm worried that I saw this in a movie somewhere. And if I did, send me a... a, a Drew, you messed up. Or Scooter, you messed up. At feedback, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. I know once there was a talking gumball in a movie, I think. But anyway, let's not get out of the flow of the story here. I'm just saying... This might have been trapped in my subconscious, this next part. Or maybe it's going to be trapped in yours. But coming down the hill, out of the woods of woe, formerly the woods of worry, is candy sticks with candy canes. Gumdrop cannons, all sorts of candy minions. You know, you know, they're all you know, like an army of candy warriors. What, I mean, what else would there be, you know? Go ahead and use your imagination. It could be... If for some reason I'm on a peppermint kick, in my mind I can't free it from peppermint to think of more... I mean, you know, cookies for wheels would be one thing. And probably maybe like a catapults full of pudding. Maybe, they, maybe they're going to do a full step, full, full, full-scale attack. On the castle. No, or these just these would be more minions. So maybe it's not an army. Maybe I'm wrong, and I'm just telling you the story. That would be more of if you were attacking a castle, you might bring that. But if you're just going to attack three people, it might just be more like these candy. What if they're like taffy? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to keep this or edit it, but and out of the woods comes a gaggle. And a gaggle means a group of about 40. These taffy, cool, 
look like ghouls made of taffy and they're walking and they're slinking. They can, you know, go like a slinky or they can walk and their faces are kind of frightening like a ghoul or a ghost. You know, kind of empty maw jaw and melted eyes. And they move languidly like, a, like cats or supermodels. And they move on to the bridge, and they just wait. They stop at rolling, and they wait. Well, so what are you going to change this taffy into? This taffy monster's here. And Penelope thinks about it. She says, hmm, what, what would I change taffy into? And she goes, maybe some tiny hard candies. You know, like when taffy dries out in the sun, and they can just sweep them off. The taffy, you notice a tremble goes through the taffy. Taffy trembles. Terribly. Terrible taffy trembles. Because they're also terrible taffy. That's what they they called. That's what they, and then all of a sudden, boom. 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 Out of the woods of woe. Formerly the woods were a giant man. Giant. Ten feet tall. Forty feet wide. A man boy. He has the face of a boy. He's slobbering. Drooling and eating candy, cookies. I want that one. Boom, boom, boom. Comes down, stops right behind his army on the bridge. I look forward. He says, Ha ha ha. Just so you know, my taffy is imbued. With a non-hardening agent. Ha, 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 ha. In fact, this taffy is absorption taffy. So go ahead and throw your magic at it. And Penelope uh, looks a little bit worried. But she's like, well, then I'll just change you. <laughs> so, ah, I've changed already. And Agatha can't. So you are a candy man. But you're also a candy, you lord over candy, but you're a man. You're not a candy man, you're... I'm the candy man. I used to be a boy named by Hansel. Came from one of the uh, countries over there. My sister Gretel and I. We were lured in this woods long ago by a witch. We did battle with her. You may have heard our stories, but you didn't hear the truth. Truth was, I took over the witch's powers, and she took over my mind, somehow poisoned it with her candy. I've eaten candy ever since, and I turned these woods, where she only ruled a dark portion. I turned them all into my territory, the territory of me, the candy man. I would lure souls into these woods, or if you happen to wander in, your family would wonder wherever they go on. I would take your soul and put it into the witch's cauldron. Convert you to a piece of candy to do my bidding. And my bidding was to make more candy for me to consume without soul. Soulless candy, just pure candy, you know, made up. So I would send them out to capture things on the road for the sugar or the things I needed. But we had quite a few uh, supplies, so it was mostly industrial operation of... Uh, you know, we had sugar beets, and we also had some sugar cane. 
and then we you know we had to grow some grants. We uh, did some clear cutting up for it. But anyway, I'm going to destroy you all. Take your wand. Because my powers are limited to this force, because that's what the witch's powers were. She would eat boys and little girls, supposedly, to keep her power going. But it can't leave the wood. Just a bit. I, I think this power that you have will allow me to expand my candy empire. Forever! Then Penelope goes and she goes, Oh, you won't be doing nothing. You're going to get sweeped right off the bridge. And she takes her wand and she goes, Alakazoo, Alakazee, the boy who loves candy turns into a tree. She points her wand at him and nothing happens. He goes, I have a candy coating. That I thought might be magic proof, but I was not sure. She says, oh, no, I, I'm quite sure fairy magic overcomes witch magic quite. I mean, this wand is not, it's not operating properly. Ah, it will take you all. Taffy, prepare to destroy this man here with his broom. And I will take your wand. I, ha, ha, ha. Then he gets ready. The candy soldiers, they pull up. They're taffy, taffy ghouls. They, like, turn their hands into nooses and whips, and they're menacingly moving towards war, uh, Roland. And he, he actually knocks one off with the broom. He pulls it back and throws it at the guy. He goes, come on, Mr. Penelope, Mr. Penelope, please. Taffy soldiers made of sugar. You might be resistant, but turn into... Booger. There she goes. Uh, no, obviously uh, nothing happens because that's just ridiculous. But she's still, and she's like, my power, my power. And then Agatha says, Penelope, Penelope, destroy the bridge. Destroy the bridge. Use your magic to destroy the bridge. In five, four. Penelope goes, bridge underneath, made of wood. Turn into dust as all bridges should. Two, one, boom! And at the same time as she says dust, the bridge explodes. It doesn't, parts of it turn into dust, but most of it just crumbles and falls. But Penelope and Roland, because they are tied in to the thing over that was running across over the bridge, because their ropes were tied into some the supports above the bridge, they they just float in the air and the bridge falls. And the candy man, Lord Candy, and all his minions fall thousands of feet. They're smashed on the rocks and washed into the river. They scream, ah, I can't swim. Ah. And the taffy melts and they're washed down the river to the polluted part of the river never to be heard from again. Ag Agatha pulls Roland and uses her ropes and pulleys and such to, it was almost like they are uh, whatever, that's that part. And she uses the ropes and pulleys to pull them back to the side of the bridge that's not blown up. And now this bridge is unnecessary because it was 
ran by the candy wood. It was the bridge that went over the part that skirted around the the left side of the candy wood. So even though it's gone, you know, nobody's going to miss it. She's a quick... That was brilliant. Roland, you were so brave. And Penelope, your magic was so magical. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. We worked as such a team. Roland, you were distracting and those questions about candy and whatever were brilliant. Cinderella would be honored to bet you, I'm sure. Ah, oh, Penelope, you did find your power again. Yes, it was odd, because usually it didn't quite turn into dust. It kind of exploded a bit, and and uh, I noticed, you, you know, you weren't doing much up there. You 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 didn't seem to, you didn't seem to be doing much except you had that plunger, that thing. What was that tool you had up there on the on the rocks with the wires going down to the bottom of the bridge? Oh, that was to control the the, the broom. It's a Chinese operation. You used uh, used it, and I don't know why it smells. There's still fire going. Like I didn't use any fire in my spell. It was just turned to dust. Well, it it did kind of turn to dust. You know, Penelope. It was it was brilliant. You you brilliant. Your magic. You know, you're still getting used to your new wand. So, but point is, we won. We're gonna go back and tell Cinderella that her new trade route is open. That she no longer. I don't know how we're gonna get. We'll have to probably still have Roland seduce her, but no trickery, Roland. You will seduce her, or maybe I don't know. But oh, wait, wait. is that the uh, Chamber of Commerce is coming out to greet us? Oh, there's cheering in a parade. They're coming towards us. The the Chamber of Commerce comes with a band, and tons of people are cheering. The head of the Chamber of Commerce, this business guy, is like, Oh, as we know, we heard the words. Princess Cinderella told us you were going to destroy the big boss behind the Wood of Woe. Formerly the Wood Furry, but Wood of Woe, officially known now forever. It will no longer woe us, will it? Well, I suppose we'll have to clean it out a bit, you know, but yes, uh, yes, all Cinderella's plans came. We work together as a team for Cinderella, and the Wood of Woe should worry no one no more. Well, this is wonderful. We'll have open trade. It'd be so much more efficient. There's poor folk back here that are cheering. We've given them a job for the day, and they're happy because it's grain price. Well, it, it, it will, the price will increase less quickly now for your grain, poor folk. All right, and the uh, rest of the products you buy, well, the price will go up more slowly than quickly, because we won't have a reason to justify it, and the princess is talking about some price controls and such, and she's forced us to do this. But we, she has told us that our profits will be offset by the the lower prices and the in the speed to market, and the new markets that open up, so we could exploit other peoples than these folks here. So anyway, we're so pleased with you and Cinderella. You know, she is a visionary woman. I, 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 I well, I, I'm still getting over the fact that we're going to use these other markets to set up profits, and we still need to do some calculations. I do believe that she will be a worthy queen one day. And as Prince, he talks of war now, but 
Anyway, we, we're here to celebrate your victory. That's right, that's right. This isn't about you or the future. Run along, parade. That's Agatha's talking right now. Even though she sounds a bit like a man. She's like, Roland, I'm proud of you. Penelope, I'm proud of you. Let's go back to the wizard's tower. We'll have a little, little drink to celebrate our victory today, and then we'll go meet with Cinderella and talk about the future. And that's it for tonight, folks. You know, a battle with the boss. I wonder with the Sansa and Gretel, was that something implanted in my brain from like a Shrek movie? Or did I actually make it up? Like it's it's hard creating these stories the way I do and, and not knowing and I'm not trying to steal anything from anybody. I, I might have made it up. It might have been in my subconscious. I'm trying to imagine that. It'd be hard to imagine I haven't come across a reinventation re recreation of Hansel and Gretel. But was he a, a big boss and was he evil? And what happened to Gretel in this story? I'm not sure yet, but I'm sure we'll see. Well, a dog's barking in the distance, and that means it's time for you to go to sleep. If you're still listening, go ahead. I wonder where Gretel is. I can tell you. Maybe she's safe in bed, asleep somewhere. Twitter doesn't mean on Twitter, it means like uh, chitter-chattering, because the night before, the king and the queen were defrenestrated, defrenestrated, I don't know, I know somebody will correct me, defrenestration, they were killed in an act of defrenestration, I guess would be the, the night before, the king and the queen were killed in an act of defrenestration meaning they were thrown out of the window of the castle to their death. And their bodies were found with soap, bars of soap stuffed in their mouths. And since their discovery, talk of war with the city on the other side of the former woods of woe, Barun. Now, the prince suspects that Barun's spies have snuck in through the former woods of woe and killed his parents because of the threat of them emerging into their markets and taking over. The prince, along with his, along with his trusted advisors, have decided that they need to invade Barun to secure the port and secure themselves for safety, or else the prince could be next. And the prince is on his way over to the wizard's tower to talk to his wizard. The Mistress Agatha, or as we know her, the stepmother. He knocks on the wizard's tower door. Mistress Agatha, Mistress Agatha. And Mistress Agatha opens him up and opens up the door and ushers him to the sitting room. He takes the seat and just on the other side of a tapestry, listening in is, of course, the fairy godmother and Roland. And Mistress Agatha, my, my liege, my prince. She gets down on her knees. She's like, oh... What can I do at this time of heavy heart? I'm so sorry to hear of your parents' untimely demise and their, their murder. Well, Mr. Sagatha, I appreciate your kind words, but this is no time for pleasantries or heavy hearts. It's time to wield a heavy hand, a hand heavy with sword. 
against those monsters in Barun that have taken my parents' lives and plan to take all our lives, is what I believe. Nagatha sits quietly for a second and thinks. Oh, well, yes, Prince Ace. Prince, I respect your, your call to action, the memory of your father and dearest mother. How can you be sure that the people of Barun perpetrated this act, the kingdom of Barun? Well, I spoke with my advisors, and that's the only sensible thing. Like, no one from this kingdom, my mother and father would be loved, and so am I. I'm the most beloved prince currently in Princeton. Now I'd be king. No. So those outsiders from Barun, angry. And they looked at the opportunity where you defeated the boss of the Wood of Woe to send their spies right in and in and out in cover of darkness before we secured the forest for ourselves. Which, if I had known, if Cinderella didn't even inform me you were clearing out the Wood of Woe, I would have established a garrison on the road. But alas, it is only sensible, like, and they don't want to, they don't, they want to tax all our use of that port. They don't want to open their markets to free trade. Talk to the, the bit, the members of our kingdom. And overly concerned, they want to flood our market with cheap salts and, and such. The most telling thing is the, the soap in my parents' mouth. It was made in Barun, I believe. A sign of the domination. Well, actually, Prince, the, um, the soap was made by this former soap maker out in the valley. He, um, he's no longer with us, but I, I did hear that it was the, uh, former royal soaps. I can't remember the name of it anymore, but, you know, there's some fancy soaps that only the king and queen, uh, are you sure it's not some sort of uprising that you could quell among your people, like, Mr. Sagatha, you question my judgment, the judgment of my council, because you do not sit on my council. You merely serve at the discretion of the king. Oh, my prince, take no offense. My ignorant words, I'm merely a wizard woman, not worldly and not wise. So I, I give you my silence, dear. Well, the reason I'm here, Mr. Sagath, is you need to prepare for battle. For you will be at the head of my forces as we go into Barun. And though their walls are known as the Walls of Woe, well, they were, but I mean, and now that Cinderella changed the woods of woe to woe, the Walls of Weeping, the Walls of Weeping Women. Because... The women will weep when their men go to the walls and are killed or something. I don't know. The walls are weeping women anyway. Because no force has ever conquered those walls. But I know. With you at my side, Mistress Agatha, you, you could just knock down those walls with your wizard-like powers and we'll be in and no problem. Hmm, well, is that a definite... Well, okay, my prince, I'll need about a month or two. That's it, Yes, my prince. If you could just give me some time to formulate a plan, arrange for the proper magics. You know, I need some newts and some toe-eyed falcons and such. And dragons' tears. 
Once I gather those, it take me a month or two, then we'll be right on invading. No! Mr. Sagatha, you need to be ready now. We will strike when they least expect it. We'll invade them, and we will destroy them. You will be ready tomorrow, or when I call you. Oh, and by the way, Cinderella needs to see you about something or other. Ah, she prefers you in your matronly assistance form or something. Go, go see her. Good day. And with that, the prince stormed off. As soon as the prince stormed off, step the fairy got the fairy godmother and Roland came out of hiding. Stepmother turns and was like, "Oh, this is no good." Wish Cinderella would have told us that she was planning on launching a land war with this opening of the woods of well, this can Cinderella, the Cinderella I raised. Well, I guess I did raise her in a bed of cinders. Maybe she is blood hungry. Blood, isn't it bloodthirsty, ma'am? Wouldn't you be bloodthirsty as opposed to blood hungry? Now, Roland, silence. What are we going to do about this, you two? We obviously... We don't have the wand. So I'm not leading any... Army. Against the walls of... Walls of weeping women? Oh, my. What do you two think? Well, I'm just worried about Cinderella, Mom. Uh, You think... She'll be a weeping woman. Wait a second. Is the prince going to go over those walls of weeping? Would he be? No, the prince. The prince will be sitting back in his castle. At best, he'll be at the back of the, the army. He's not a... I doubt we'll get him killed, Roland. I'm sorry. You know, fair godmother, what do you think? Well, it truly is no good, and I was just wondering. Cinderella's been... With the opening of the woods, whoa, did she really want free commerce, or did she have a plan, or is this an unintended consequence? I would love to speak to dear Cinderella, and just comfort her. She must be worried about her people, and, and her prince, this beautiful prince. He, he smelled of lilacs and lavender, and a bit of... Spices of old. Anyway, fair godmother, come on. Normally, I would. We could talk to Cinderella. I mean, when I would deal with my husbands or gentlemen callers, just withhold sex for a while and then be like, okay. Well, we won't be sleeping together, dear, unless you think about my opinion. You know, I just think we should wait a little while to invade Baron. If you want to do it in a hurry, go ahead, but you no longer share my bed. You'll need to sleep somewhere else with the dogs or the pigs or whatever, depending on, you know, the various places I've lived these past years. Well, 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 what are we going to do? Agatha, it's me, Penelope. Um, I'm thinking. Now, you would need to trust me in this, but I think I have a plan. Your sexy talk is... I'm thinking of the prince. You know, I I have an idea, but you'd have to trust me. I I need to go see Cinderella myself. Trust you? 
you trusting-faced, kindly-looking woman. I'd never trust. Well, I did use you as bait in the last t battle with the... You thought I was bait? Yeah, so you were supposed to stand on the bridge and attract the big boss and his minions, and then I blew up the bridge. Well, I thought I blew up the bridge with my new wand and my new powers. No, I told you that to trick you. But I could use you. I knew it, it, the plan would work, or I was relatively, relatively sure that I'd be able to blow up the bridge, and the minions and the big boss would be on the bridge, and then it would go down, and I had you and Roland strapped in quite nicely. I figured you'd be safe. The big boss is dead, and his minions are gone. So, wow, you really are a monster. But, so now you owe me trust, I guess, so I'll go see Cinderella. Well, I guess I do. You know, we're sounding so similar, is it because we spend so much time together? As the stepmother, I, I must say, why don't you go and see Cinderella? So Fairy Godmother goes off to see Cinderella. And as as we've covered in previous episodes, Cinderella, you know, used to think the Fairy Godmother and Stepmother, when she was a, just a cinder girl, that they were separate people. But since she went to the castle, the Stepmother tricked her into thinking that she was both the, the Stepmother and the Fairy Godmother. And because she was a wizard, the Stepmother, that she could appear in either form. And the fairy godmother has done none to dissuade that lie. But so she goes up to the goes to the castle, princess's wing, or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, knock, knock, knock. I'm here to see the princess. Says Cinderella, "Have a seat. I'd never know why you come in in one garb or the other to see me. But I'm not pleased at all with my husband. He's." Boggled up all my plans. I'd opened the woods of woe. I'd already made deals with most of the merchants of Barun, which would create job opportunities, new markets, lower prices. Of course, you know, we were going to levy some import and export taxes for some of my social programs. And then now the prince's parents were killed. And the soap to me is a clear sign it's Sonata. It's an inside job. The prince's parents were killed by the king and queen. Rest their souls. The king is just a lower lord anyway, the last of only available. Anyway, they were nice folks anyway. Okay. You know, they were obviously killed by their people, rich or poor. Now, starting this talk of war, it could, it could have been a setup for when... You know, some of these well-to-do types to start this war. I mean, they sell their weapons and such. I don't know. But anyway, this is all nonsense, and the prince is mucking my plans up, and I'm not too pleased about it. And I'm not sure even what to do. He starts this war. People will be killed. It's the wall, wall, wall of wailing women. I'm thinking of renaming it the Wall of Wishes Wasted. You know, all the dreams... Dreams dashed. The dreams dashed, but there's no D at war. The diameter, the dip, to. I don't know. The wall of dreams dashed. The dangers, dreams, dangers of dreams dashed. Ah. 
Maybe I'll write that a poem. Anyway, dear step-fairy godmother, Mistress Agatha, I'm at a loss of what to do to stop this war. Uh, Prince, he would... Well, that's what I was thinking, my dear. Have a seat. Are you still keeping your... Tides and moon calendar? Bet the changes in your body monthly. As I've taught you. Ah, oh, yes, I've... I have. I, I, it's become habitual, so I do it every morning. Keep track of how my body is, is you know, the cycles you taught me about. Yes, I do. It's a, it's a monthly habit, so I keep track on, on my calendar every month. And where are you in the cycles? Is your moon full? Or are the, is your moon close to full? Or is it far from full? It is far from full right now, so... It is a time when I am not able to bear a child, most, most likely, right? All right, so... I've taught you to avoid... I've taught you to avoid sleeping with the prince, correct? And using proper precautions, but lately I've just said stay away from him. Yes, I know, I've desired the prince, but... You've kept up on all these tasks of your new, so I've not sexed the prince... Or made love, as the proper folks call it. And, you know, I have desires within me, but you have taught me to quell those as well. Well, dear, what would you say to going a few rounds with the prince and seeing if you can't flood his mind or relieve him? Maybe his aggression is a part of his frustration? You do know, you know, as the prince come on to you? He, he's kind of given up, you're right, so maybe... Maybe a little play with the prince. The little prince. I don't know. You know, it changes the men, I'm, I'm told. Makes them more malleable. So maybe if you spend some time with the prince, just go ahead and see, okay? And then I'll come meet with you soon. Well, I... I and, and maybe you could even go out on the road. You know, don't go into Palm's way, but if he takes us out on the road to Baron, you know... Even out on the road. You know, keep him entertained a bit. You make sure he, you are his princess, his queen. He's going to want a, a son soon. So why don't you give him the illusion you're ready to bear one. That this is the time, even though it's the new one. Oh, you are so wise. I will do that, okay? And good day. And thank you so for coming, stepmother. I'm sorry that... I've always had such harsh words for you and my confusion still to trust you in this form or that form or neither. But I think my heart has grown fond of you as a whole and I see you as a warrior now and one that deserves my kindness and honor. So here, let me hug you. Oh, okay, and be off now. Okay, good day. So fairy gamma goes off and goes back to the wizard's tower she gets back. She gets back to the wizard tower. Agatha and Roland are waiting for her. And then she comes in. She goes, "Okay, okay. How'd it go? How'd it go? How'd it go? Is Cinderella okay? Is she, everything okay?" Roland, you'll need to leave us alone. You need to speak to to Agatha, woman to woman. Okay, okay, okay. Roland, it'd probably be best if you go prepare your armor and stuff for war. Okay, okay, Mister Spinelope. Okay. Uh, uh. Uh, uh, oh. 
I'll do so. Mistress Penelope, how did it go with Cinderella? Well, it went quite nice, thank you for asking, Ava. Agatha, she sends her hugs and love to us both as one. Well, I've been here picking my brain, I'll be honest. Trying to come at now. The only thing I can think of is you trying to sneak your wand out, but I know Cinderella has hidden it because I tried to break into a room a few times, but no, no. It's like, she's going to get a wand, or is she going to... I couldn't figure out what's your plan. Oh, you didn't figure out my plan, did you? Agatha, you're not the only one who understands the sex, the sexy time, so let's talk about sex, baby. What the? Have you been turned into a tart while I was gone? No, no, no. Here's what I... I here's the plan. It's, it's pr quite simple. Is I'm encouraging Cinderella to have sex with the prince. You see, this is her time of the month when her, her body is unprepared or unripe, as a nastier person might put it. The chances of her bearing a child are... Low to almost nothing. I've been keeping quite... We've both been keeping quite good track of this. And so... She will be having sex with the prince or making love, whatever you want to term it. Okay, I'm with you there. And then withhold it? Uh, uh, that's not a... No, no, no. How you forget, even though the chances... If you make it into... The Archimedes or one of those... I don't know, one of those people that use those abacuses or whatever might say. The percentage is low, but it's not nil. Okay. So there is a chance, a devastatingly dangerous chance, she could get pregnant, though it's unlikely. And the fairy world has no choice but to respond as if I've failed them. And make that chance nil. Oh, okay, so what are you saying? So they won't take half measures. Something is coming. Some sort of response and you know the I, I don't believe still they have the power to kill the prince or the princess. I mean they might kill us. I, I doubt it, but it's coming. Right now, she might be making sweet love to the prince and the fairy universes, crafting a response as if I've failed at my job. So I've put my wand on the line for you once again, for all of us. Wow, that plan is brilliant. I mean, would it, as long as they don't send like some sort of parasite that just kills the three of us and, you know, renders the prince invirile or something. Yes, I know. I've thought of that, but really, I mean, if we charge up to the walls of dreams dashed or the whatever the wailing, we weeping or whatever, the you know the prince is—he's no general. Most of his soldiers are fat and tired. He's going to cost many men's lives. He, he may, the empire may fall. I guess maybe I should do it because, but I love Cinderella so, and I. I don't want the prince hurt at all, either. I mean, physically. So as much as I distaste him making love to Cinderella, I must 
do what's best for her and for us. I mean, we could be killed just as easily, and then who's going to watch over Cinderella if not the three of us and do her bidding? Wow, I really respect you, Penelope. It was brilliant. So now we just wait. Roland, you can come in now. Oh, yes, dears. What were you discussing there about Cinderella? I, I couldn't quite hear it. Oh, Roland, something terrible is going to happen soon. So we just need to sit around the tower and wait for it to happen and be prepared for anything. So, you know, put on your armor and such. I guess it's like, I think I have a, a little bit of another plan, Penelope, if you don't mind me. Because what if I, I have an idea that they might also try to get us or do something to us? Admit of it. Oh, yes, yes, you just whispered, Mayor. We don't need Roland blowing it. All right, Mrs. E, don't tell me the plan. And so they sit in the tower and they craft the rest of the plan. And they wait. And they wait. And they wait. A day and a night go by. And then the next morning, the bells of the town, bells of the city are ringing. Bong, bong, like from the castle or somewhere. And there's a knock at the door. There's a representative of the king at the door of the wizard's tower. He tells Agatha, Be prepared to head out to battle when the sun is at its apex. The king expects all to be gathered. All townsfolk and all soldiers to leave for war, and this town will see it, the city will see us off. Well, that's dumb to get us out at the sun's apex. That's the hottest part of the day. It comes from the orders of the soon-to-be coronated king. He'll be coronated, and then we'll head off into battle. All right, then, we'll prepare. So they go to prepare, and, you know, they go outside, and they, they put they get in a wagon. They're all sitting up on this wagon. They got a couple horses, and they get directed to towards the front of the gathered soldiers, and they put their wagon up at the front of the gathered, the gathered soldiers. They're just kind of sitting up there in the wagon that... They're sitting up there in the wagon, not doing anything, and then there's a big stage on the side, and there's soldiers gathered, and then all around, soldiers are the town, city folk, and the king's up there, and the head of the city's church, or the state church, or whatever, whoever gives official coronations, the king's up there, and they co coronate him, kind of not, you know, Cinderella's there, and she's coronated as queen, nothing too, it was just a little bit of pomp whole lot of circumstance. I don't know, a whole lot of... Just kind of dull. I mean, everyone's sitting there sweating. It's high noon. It's getting, and then suddenly it's, it's, it's unseasonably hot. So not only did he pick noon, but he picked, with his bad luck, just a hot day. It's getting hot. Everybody's sweating. A couple of the older soldiers faint and have to get revived. Like King... Uh, after he puts, gets a crown, he calls for silence. He makes this speech, which I won't bother quoting too much. He goes, oh, my people, my people, thank you for honoring me. And your honor is my, I carry us forth. My dear people, thank you for your applause. And, you know, the talk of war and the killing of my parents by the evil town Baron. Don't worry, soon we will quell them. And their walls of woe, weeping, women, dreams dashed. You know, I plan on making a prince in the belly of my bride, my sweet queen, who even glows at this moment with her tender neck and 
the crook of her sweet, sweet elbows, and Sinaraka makes a, you know, tells him to, my head is filled with, I don't even know what this word means, but I want to say lugubrious, 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 because that's how I feel, I think. Know that I only go to battle so that we remain the best, and for the best of us to have the best. We would take this town, we would tell the people what to do, we will make sure they aren't taxing our goods, we'll just take their goods and do what we wish. Well, maybe we'll, you know, maybe some people have to get put out of business or put in jail, but as such, my people, don't worry. I will return in glory. Soldiers may be lost. Yes, you. The fainters will be first. It'll be lost, probably. What's that? The sun's getting dim. As I said to meet at the uh, height of day, why is the sun getting dim? He's right. All of a sudden, the sun's kind of dimming, almost like a... Uh, there's like a... It's almost like there's a sudden eclipse. And none of us were paying attention because we were paying attention to the the new king and the coronation. But if we were paying attention, we would have seen something slowly creep over the horizon like a new moon. And then slowly going through the sun. But it's, it's actually going slower. I mean, faster. You know, those of us who have seen an eclipse, the sun kind of moves slow across the sky. This thing's moving. So it blocks the sun. The sun goes out. And then it comes back in, and hopefully no one was looking at the wrong moment when, you know, you could get your eyeballs burned. But then they realize it's like a giant, it's a giant hunk of earth with a volcano on it. It was a, Prince like, what the heck is that thing? And, and Cinderella's like, well, that looks like, that's odd, that's a floating volcano. It's like it was torn up out of the earth and it's just floating. What evil? What evil is that? Hey! Is that some wit? Wizard! My witch! What is that? Is that. Did you call that for us? And she just sits. Agatha just sits. They're just sitting in their. Um, they're just sitting in their carriage or whatever, staring straight ahead or whatever I called it earlier or whatever. Yeah, they're just sitting there staring. She doesn't respond. She's just staring straight ahead, her rolling, the stepmother. And then the volcano slowly goes overhead. And it's pretty high up, so, it, you know, it's not close. But it's definitely, the t- you can feel a sizzle in the air. And you can see lava floating down the sides. And it's obviously some sort of magic that tore it out of the earth and made it fly. Because it looks like, you know, it got scooped up by an ice cream scooper from underneath the earth. So it's got some underground... You know, then the flat part, and then the volcano part. It just floats out. It's floating over there. And the prince is like, all right, move along. What is this act of volcanic flying? Wow, you someone shoot an arrow up there. My lord, we couldn't shoot. That's about a, that's a quite a far way in the sky, my lord. We couldn't possibly, we don't have anything that shoots that high. It, it, it looks closer than it is, lord, but if that was actually close, it's bigger than the, you know, it's the deception of the dis. Someone have that man killed. Anyway, we need to get. Wiz, witch, witch, respond to me. And all of a sudden, like, feel 
like the earth air shudders like the because the volcano's probably shuddering and then you just hear like a, like almost like a giant spitting a seed or something and you see just a tiny tiny sliver of lava shoots out of the top goes straight for the carriage containing Agatha Roland and the stepmother goes right or Roland right right into Roland's head vaporizes the entire carriage now of course everyone's in shock even you dear listeners or might be in shock well I mean most of the townspeople are in shock the king's in shock Cinderella is kind of in shock but if you're a regular listener you're not you're like come on what's the angle and yeah, there's an angle. It was decoy. So, you know, somewhere off to the side, Roland and stepmother Agatha are hiding. Probably dressed. I guess if it was like a, if it was probably dressed as regular. No, nah, they wouldn't be dressed. They're dressed as towns over with the townspeople, dressed as townspeople. Not farther from the stage are Roland, Agatha, and Penelope. And the soldiers are kind of nervous. All right. You know, move along, Volcano. You had my... You took my witch. Then there's another shudder of the air. And about four or five more little slivers of lava shoot out and take out about 15 soldiers to just vaporize them or melt them. It's quite gross on top of being sudden and absolute. So the soldiers are starting to panic, but they got nowhere to go. Uh, the king, king and the... You know, the higher, what do you call them, generals types. The knights and the, these are the foot soldiers that are getting killed. The knights and such, they're all, oh, stand down, stand down. And the people are starting to panic. Oh, what is this? is Baroon, Baroon. Cinderella's starting to roll her eyes and she's like, oh, God, like, what is this? And uh, even Agatha kind of leans into Penelope and says, well, this is quite a response. You know, what next? Penelope goes, don't worry. Cinderella will know what to do. Trust us. And then, you know, the prince or the king is just like, Ah, be gone, volcano. Open the gates. We'll storm. You can't move as fast as us, volcano. We'll outrun you to the gates of Barun. And then people are like, well, What if Barun's the one that sent the volcano? You know, this is, this is no good. Barun's sending a volcano. Gets us, must have some, it must have quite a powerful wizard. And then more knights and soldiers. I mean, the army's slowly getting taken out. The volcano's just shooting. Taking people out little by little with little... Almost like you'd imagine lasers in modern day. You know, you get hit by a stream of lava. And you get two things are going to happen. One, because it's a warm day. Because it's noon. The lava's staying hot and not solidifying. So when it hits the person, it's traveling directly through them, melting them, taking them in the lava, and then, you know, either just knocking a little bit of a hole in the ground below it. We happen to be on very thick pave, pavers, so, you know, melting through the pavers. A little bit cooler out, volcano's a little bit higher, depending on the jet stream. You're going to be hit by a giant rock, lava rock, hot probably still, which will smash you and burn you. So either way, you're going to get hit by a 
get hit by a hot lava rock and that'll destroy you. Not a pleasant way to go either. But right now people are just getting vaporized and panic. And now panic. King's like, I, uh, don't panic. Charge. And then as people leave, as soldiers try to charge, they get vaporized. Pretty soon the whole army's devastated. Pretty soon the whole army is decimated, dead, vaporized, melted. Stinks like high heaven, like burnt flesh and and lava. A couple of people have been injured by little splat lava splashes or melted metal splashes. Prince is kind of still sticking to his Be off, be off. We all right, Baroon. All right. We will not invade you now that I have no army. You have your way, Baroon. We will step down. We will we will go back on we won't go back on our word. We will work with you as equal trade partners. You hear me, Baroon? Baroon Then a couple more shutters and some lava lands by the prince, but you know, doesn't hit him. Just kinda threatens him. The prince is like You people of my town, you this thing this thing is not listening to me. You must gather up your fallen comrades, melted swords that don't uh, I guess they're all melted dog. Gather some kind of weapons and we got a our own. We gotta we gotta do and the people of the town uh, finally Cinderella says, Halt Halt all of you My prince Lava volcano in the sky King You need to listen up because this is all your fault My liege you could have just left the woods of woe open a perfectly good... You you had to go. We had the woods of woe open. We had a new trading path. You had to go and muck it all up. And now you've angered. You go and declare war on a town that has a volcano weapon. Wouldn't have you... Shouldn't have you done some research at least, Prince? Shouldn't you have done some research before deciding to invade a town? Wouldn't you think... They had the walls of wailing women. Oh, you are no king, and you will never bear prince with me. I will never, from ten minutes ago forward, sleep with you again. My king, you are my king no longer. You are my husband in name only, and I will carve that name from my face or my heart or wherever it's permanently you know, figuratively placed, because you disgust me. You're no king, and you were no prince, and your father was a lower lord that just happened to be... Anyway, I'm ashamed to call you my husband. These people should be ashamed to call you king, and then people start throwing stuff at him. Now, luckily for him, he still has his bodyguards, which aren't soldiers. He still has his bodyguards, which aren't soldiers, so they gather around him, and they're deflecting the oranges and rocks. Cinderella says, you make me sick. And as all this interpersonal drama floats out, what we don't notice is that the volcano's been slowly creeping back until it blocks out the sun again. And the people are, ooh, and it's still blocking, you know, it's moving, it's backing away, backing away, backing away. But when the lights were out, the prince has drawn a dagger. And as the sun comes back, he's got the dagger to Cinderella's throat. 
You. You. You were supposed to support me. You were nothing but a cinder girl with a glass slipper. You. You fooled it. You tricked your way into my bed. You monster with your glass slippers. Well, you should know something. I had your glass slipper melted down and made into this knife just in case you ever crossed me. Because all women have crossed me. You and my mother included. And now you bring I know this as you trying to take this from me. You sinner girl. I'm going to take your life because you won't take this crown from my head even though you have your own crown, says your queen. I am king. And you are nothing. And goes, he's like, looks like he's going to cut throat. At the same time, the body, I mean, the town is in shock. The volcano's kind of going off. And isn't you're kind of missing with this personal drama. It's kind of cool because, you know, how often have you seen a floating volcano with the smoke and the lava bubbling out of the top of it and such, floating off in the distance. But it's beside the point. He holds the thing to his throat. And all of a sudden, Rolling in a somersault ball towards him is the fairy godmother. She takes him out. Then she kicks him in the stomach. She says, cut my throat, you dirty, dirty man. She steps between, she puts her body, her sizable body between Cinderella and the prince. And the prince jumps up and dusts himself off. He says, I'll cut you. And then Roland runs to her side with his sword. And pretends like he's going to draw his sword to protect Cinderella. And Cinderella says, I'd rather kiss this common soldier than kiss your face, you nasty king. And she kisses Roland. And Roland, of course, faints. Prince is shaking with rage. And he holds the knife towards fairy godmother's neck. She says, Prince, take me for punishment and I will serve you sexually. And as a servant for all life, if you spare Cinderella, you could treat me as you wish. As a strange mother you love, or as a victim, but you will not hurt Cinderella. I tell you that, you could take my life. But you could take me with you, or you could kill me, I don't, I don't know. But leave Cinderella be. Cinderella's kind of taken aback by the bravery of fairy godmother and her heart starts to kind of melt the suspicion and the anger she always had towards the stepmother until she sees a little movement out of the corner of her eye and then she sees the stepmother looking on in shock and then she looks at the fairy godmother she looks at the stepmother and then the prince sees it, sees her looking over her Ag- Mistress Agatha why do you watch? I thought you were burned to a crisp with your your chariot or whatever you were in that stagecoach or whatever. I need you to destroy these people. Nagatha shakes you. Prince, you are not worthy of me as your mistress or your wizardress. These are my people. This brave, puffy woman and this dunce-like soldier who would give their life to protect a girl that I had in cinders. Cinderella's like, 
despite all the drama, she's like, what the, you know, these mother, they were two separate women. She's pissed. Prince is pissed. And Prince is like, Prince feels like everything, everybody's turned on him, but his bodyguards are still loyal. And they're massive, efficient, and the reserve soldiers have been called in. And they're quell- the reserve soldiers have been called in. They're quelling the any disruptions in the crowd. The prince says, well, then, you've all chosen your fate. Lock them in the wizard's tower. And lock them from the outside, you know what I mean. Lock them up. And I'll decide what to do with them. Probably will burn the cinder, the cinder girl. And a cinder family down in the Tower of the Wizard. Is there any explosives in there, by the way? Would you tell me that if there were? Anyway, lock them up and throw away the key, but don't throw it. Give it to me. And you, townspeople, you will all suffer the same fate. Well, if you don't look, yeah, you'll suffer the same fate if you don't learn that I'm king. This one of those type bodyguards escort Cinderella, the queen. Well, and I don't know if she's former queen. I don't know what legal proceedings they have to go through. They escort her, Roland, fairy godmother, and the stepmother, who now have some explaining to do, into the wizard's tower, and they lock them up. Then they quell any, like I said, well, they can't quell twice. You can't just quell twice. Townspeople, you know, he's like, go back to your homes. The king goes back to the castle to regroup. That's where we're going to leave it off tonight. With quite some drama. I mean, king wanted to invade a foreign town named Varun. And, wow. Wow. I mean, there was sex, there was violence, there was volcanoes. This was quite a quite a night. And thank you so much for listening. I hope it wasn't so exciting. That's it. So hope you get a good night's sleep. Good night. Okay. There, thrown into the wizard's tower, Cinderella, the queen, Penelope the fairy godmother, Roland, the dude, and Agatha, the stepmother. And the door is closed, and the king's like, Ah, nail the door shut. We will deal with the four of you. You all disgust me. Ah, and he's still throwing a fit, and he stomps off, and muttering about invasions and backstabbers. Meanwhile, these four have been thrown in a room at the worst possible time to throw the four of them in because, you know, this is one of those elephant-in-the-room type situations when someone's going to give you bad news. You know, you've all been there. You don't, There's people you don't want to be alone in a room with. And they have to be, you know, after the small talk dies down, you got to be so. So that's what we're dealing with here. So after everyone goes to the bathroom or the chamber room and drink some water or whatever, you know, they, you know, fritters away a little time. They gather in the main room of the wizard's tower, and they can hear, like, hammering on the doors, and wood piling up, and they're wondering if the prince is going to go through with his promise to burn the tower down. Roland, Roland's trying to 
pushed the door open, and the assembly was like, oh, Rowan, don't bother with that door. They're, they're going to lock us in here. Well, what do you think they're going to do, Mom? What do you think they're going to do to us? And then Cinderella sighs, oh, well, if, that, if he's fool enough, even though you said something about flammable liquids, he'll try to burn this place down, even though it's stone. And... Everyone knows stone is very hard to burn down without a dragon. He has no dragon. And he'll probably just light a fire and it'll go out. And then he'll probably pour something and hope that there's flammable liquids. Or I don't know. They're, it's not good, though. Very good. I'm gonna, oh, well, maybe, maybe the king will let us go. I mean, he, he could become, you know, the crown has, I've seen it before many a day. The crown has a strange effect on a man and he could become a wise and fair king quite handsome and wise and fair and maybe he'll just let us go you know it's a possibility no it's not a possibility Penelope and Cinderella's right he's going to try to get us somehow and I'm sure he's crafting some way and if not he'll hang us I mean he'll burn me because I'm a witch the rest of you, he'll hang you or behead you. We'll be punished. We're, we're, we're definitely going to lose our lives if he has his way. Well, wh well, then what should we do then? What should we do, Agatha? What do you propose? How should we escape this tower? <sighs> I, I don't know. And I, I, I could try to talk to him. I could try to talk some sense into him. He seemed quite miffed. He almost cut Cinderella's throat, so I don't think sending her, you know, to the window to talk to him would be good. Cinderella, what are you doing at that window anyway? Oh, there seems there's some flames across the town, and I don't want to sound egotistical, but I hope the people just abandon the town. The working people. The people that are made to suffer under poor leadership. So... Maybe they're all gathering to abandon the town. It looks like there's some fires. And I can hear some... I can hear some chattering, but... Yeah. Go, people! Abandon this town, this city, this city. Go to Barun or someplace else. Start afresh. Take your labor and skills elsewhere and let this king... Ah, uh, Cinderella, I don't think they can hear you. Whew, okay. Well, I, as queen, hate to say this, but, you know, looks like we're going to have to put things aside, and we're going to have to face facts and have a chat, and it's not going to be comfortable, so let's all have a seat. Okay, okay, uh, Cinderella, my queen... I'd like you to speak up real quick. Uh, if, uh, you know, this is the end for all of us. I I don't know if you're familiar with this term, but Cinderella, you're in possession of my heart. And I've fallen for you. Since the moment I laid eyes on you, with your front, your back was quite fetching. I saw that a few times, but the first time I saw your eyes, 
your kind, kind face. So if we're going to go, I needed you to know that. Possibly we could be married if, if that's something you're interested in. But, you know, I just needed to, to say that. Okay, that's it. I'm sitting down because... Okay, and do not, please do not speak, Cinderella, unless, from your sweet, sweet lips, unless, oh, you're so lovely. And I gotta admit, you know, I've been dreaming about being in the same room as you, and be honest, like, wondering, you know, if you smelled like, what you smelled like, and if you wore perfumes, or lotions, or spices, or pretty... You have a sweet smell and natural spell, Cinderella. Because I don't know. Well, anyway, I'm gonna say okay. Okay. Well, Cinderella, it's your stepmother, and I know you're upset. Let's not be rash here. Let's all calm down. No one, Roland. You don't need to throw yourself out the window to prove your love. Don't de-frustrate yourself. Or self friend straight, I don't know. Is it fro Can you de defrenestration? Anyway, Roland. You calm down. Cinderella. Mistakes have been made. I, for one, am one of the make mistakers. But uh, I don't know what to say. Cinderella. Well, I I'll tell I'll tell you what to start with, is that fucking volcano where what what was with the volcano and I'm talking to you plump woman with the sateen hoodie over there you the lady that used to have the wand that doesn't got crap now for me that was supposed to be oh I'm so kindly I've helped the mice my what the fuck was that volcano doing Volcano, you say? Well, Cinderella, it's, um, well, um, the two of you with your scam, running your scam on me. Oh, we're one person. Oh, you, well, oh, I'm your stepmother and your fairy godmother. And I'm you, you, you monstrous-faced beast. He tortured me all my childhood after my dad dies. Even while he was, you know, prancing around my house. That I live with my mother and my father. And, and, and yeah, I'm carrying a grudge with you. Believe me. Don't give me that. Why don't you take that little wrinkle between your eyes and relax it? Because this is... Whew, I'm mad at you and you. You, Roland... You're sweet, okay? And technically, you're not even a bad kisser. So, if this is the end, if this is the end, maybe we could share a final kiss, okay? It won't be unpleasant. You're not an unpleasant kisser. And your face and your demeanor is you know, quite tolerable for a head of the princess's guard. Former head, I guess. Yeah, I don't know where they vetted you, but you're quite, okay, don't, don't, what, why are you getting on your knee? Well, if, if this is the case that we share a last kiss, I'd like to propose something, Cinderella, and you don't have to wait, you don't have to commit now, but just think about it for the future. For if we go, 
to the river Styx or the giant deer country or the land of the bogmen or whatever you call it in your heart where we'll go in the afterlife. Consider being my wife there. We could be wed. We could be a bride and a groom. You know, you could think you'd be my wife if we die. Okay, okay. R moving on. I, w I was really hurt. I'll be honest, I bought into... I tried not to. I was suspicious about this whole... That you were both my stepmother and my fairy godmother. But then I remembered... The old days when I was hurting. When I was a cinder girl. And you and your daughters hurt me. And then you came along. Swept me off my feet and said... Oh, I'm going to put... You know, I'm here to help you. Don't cry. You know, let me let these birds... Suckle on your tears and... You know, weave you a dress. And let me pull, you know, you're pulling stuff out of tree trunks. You know, you acted like you cared about me. And apparently, you don't. Because the best I can make of this whole situation, I don't know when you two teamed up, but your number one concern is either the prince or my womb and not me. You know, you're so worried about me not getting, carrying the, not carrying the prince's baby. Which, thank goodness, now, so thank you, inadvertently, thank you. But you acted like you cared about me, and now apparently you're in love with the king. Oh, the king's so great. And you just fly around with your, oh, good. Stepmother, you know, there's a sick part of me that always wanted your love, I guess, inside of me. And I've tried to kill that girl, believe me. And then all of a sudden... I'm like, oh, well, maybe you were like this two-headed beast trying to help me. So why? I just don't get it. Why? Why? Fairy godmother. What? What were you doing? Why? Why? Well, Cinderella, first of all, I'm a fairy godmother. When I say, oh, hello, Cinderella, I'm your fairy godmother. It's like a royal your. Like, I... To not, I'm exclusively only your fairy godmother. We think I was just waiting in that tree trunk. Oh, I hope a ball comes and I hope a prince comes so that I can come out of this tree trunk and help the poor little cinder girl. Now, you were a wonderfully nice girl and you tolerated a lot. But do you think, you think I was just hanging out in that tree trunk waiting to whisk you off to the ball in some fancy gown so you could get seduced by a prince and then you could go back, you didn't give it his number or whatever. Where you even give them your name, and they go back the next... You know, you, th you think that's what I was just wait waiting around for? You Don't you think I would have come earlier if I was your only, your, uh, exclusively your fairy godmother, and changed around, like got her, you know, bad attitude tight face, and had her stop throwing lentils at you in the uh, fireplace? So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fairy godmother. That's my job. A fairy godmother. I work for the Grander Fairy Council. And I get assignments. My assignments are critical to the functioning and the balance of this universe. And I was sworn at birth. I've been raised to do this job. I am a fairy. There's a fairy code. And I, at some point along this whole mess, I lost my way. My assignments came through little by little. Get you to the ball. Get you to the ball again. Assist you. Keep you beautiful. 
help you with the prints. And then at all costs, my last assignment was do not let Cinderella be impregnated by the prince. And that's been my mission. I've been working on, I've been working hard. But, but then you told me to get pregnant by the prince, and I know that was you because now I can tell, thanks to Mr. Roland, Mr. Kissy Face over here, my sense of smell is heightened. So I can tell the subtle differences in the two of you and how you, 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 you're slight. You're not, neither one of you stinks, by the way, okay? That's not what I'm saying, but... So, what I am saying is, this doesn't make any sense. So some fairy council... Where's this fairy... Who's this fairy council? I'd like to speak to someone there. Well, well, Cinderella, I can't just rush you off. You're not the queen of fairyland. You're the queen here. And you're not doing a heck of a good job of it. And just dragging me across the coals. Yeah, I cared about you. I loved you. Do I wish I could have been your exclusive fairy? You would have probably been top of the list. I've worked for some real charmers. Sworn to secrecy on all that. And actually they erase our minds after each and every mission is complete. So I don't even, I just know I have residual anger. But, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, Cinderella, I'm sorry that I let you down. And that I got caught up in this whole thing. And I'm going to have to, I'm probably going to lose, I already lost my wand. Probably going to lose my, you know, I was treasurer to the fairy city Hawkins dance. And that was a coveted spot. So that's gone. So you're not the only one affected here, Cinderella. I'm going to die too. So la-di-da-da. And that's it. I'm done. Okay, Cinderella. Penelope. And that's her name. You can call her Penelope instead of Fairy Godmother if you prefer. Whew. Okay, Cinderella. We need. I, I guess I need to come clean here. My intention, Cinderella, to be honest with you, was to win you back. And I know I never won you. I guess to win you. I know I wasn't the best stepmother. And sure, I'll be honest with you, my intention was just to get into the castle and marry a lower lord. I thought there would be more lower lords. But apparently they were all killed off in that fratricide. And your husband's father was the only lower lord left. But whatever, I wanted to get in the castle and live the good life now that you are princess and now queen. This is all my fault. It's not very good witch's fault. It's obviously not Roland's fault. They're just pawns in my game to get back at the castle. And I guess you were too when you got hurt. You know, I was hurt too, and I'm not trying to make this like about me. I am, but like since we're elephanting in the room or whatever we want to call it, you forgive everybody else, and you go out of your way to help the poor and the middle class and the working class of this town get rid of the bed bugs, get rid of the smell, open up the trade routes. What if I'm... I don't know why I'm awful to you, Cinderella. And I, I don't even know if I, I can't even be sorry for wanting what I want. But I, I'm not sure. Maybe I wanted a little help, or I don't know. I'm not asking for forgiveness, but oh, I don't know. This death thing has just got me at not being myself. Yeah, I mean, I just want to, I guess, 
Maybe I deserved it, so I got what I deserved. Or maybe I didn't. I tried to get what I didn't deserve, and now we're gal getting what I deserve. Okay, let's uh, okay, let's take a breather here because, well, Roland, you don't deserve this. You have unrequited love for Cinderella, and you, you you're not very good at very much. You I mean you were excellent at sitting at the front of the castle. And that was when this whole mess started, and all you had to do was check people in to see Cinderella or not. And I wish I could just give you that job back. And I, I don't know if you're going to get what you want in, in Cinderella, but maybe there's some fine woman out there. Or maybe... Well, you know what, Roland? I can't let you down. Maybe there's one day you'll happen upon Cinderella naked. Oh, oh really, miss? Or you'll wear down her... Her standards. Fairy godmother, I can't let you lose your treasurership of the fairy Sadie Hawkins dance. Or your job. It's my fault. I should be the one going back to fairyland to be accountable. I'm the one that tricked you and trapped you and had to deal with all these other... Had you thrown in jail and thrown in my root cellar. I had Roland thrown in jail. I'm guilty, and Cinderella, all she wanted to do was help. All she wanted was love, true love, and when true love either wasn't enough or wasn't real, you tried to love your people as a princess. I really believe, and I think Roland and the fairy gabbler, you believe you're like, uh, we really see something in you, Cinderella. You're special. You have something. You're going places, as they say. And I can't let that go either. And if you guys didn't notice, maybe this is why I'm being so crazy, is that, you know, the tower's filling with smoke. They've been burning stuff outside. And the poison isn't the smoke that makes you cough. It's the smoke that kills you. Or the invisible stuff or something. I can't remember what somebody told me once. So, here's what's going to happen. Roland, I can't promise you Cinderella. Even Cinderella naked. I probably could promise that too. We'll figure that out. Okay, Roland. Fairy Godmother. Cinderella. I found Fairy Godmother slipping in and out of the forest going back and forth. Is that where you go back to Fairyland or something? Fairy Godmother? Penelope? Yes, yes. So if I get you your wand, you can go back there and check in. And if your assignment's done, you know, you could, could you, oh, oh, I don't, I don't, yes, yeah, I, I do need my wand. Cinderella, I'm going to return you to your people somehow. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get out of this tower, either through that window or somewhere else. I'm going to get her wand. I'm going to get back in this tower with the wand and get you guys all out of here. Fairy Godmother, could you uh, take three extra to Fairyland if I get that wand? Oh, well, yes, I think I could. 
I could take you all to Fairyland. You could be my guest. We could have a high tea with the mermen. And, I, I mean, depending on, on what my punishment is, though. But, yes, we could, uh, could you form a portal to Fairyland in this room? And we could escape from the tower. Well, yes, but as long as I have my wand. Okay. Well, I'm going to get the wand. If I don't get the wand, I'll lose my life. And I guess it'll be in vain, because as my whole life's been in vain, in pursuit of what I've always felt I deserved and wanted, which is a... Well, we don't need to get into it. I... Well, yeah, we don't. And I'm sorry for all this mishmashing of emotions. So I'm going to leave the castle and save you all. Well, what do you... What are you gonna, Mom, what are you gonna, how are you gonna get out of the castle? Roland, I've been out of the castle many times. I've been trying to get her wand. So Cinderella, just tell me where the wand is. And then we'll go get it. Okay, whisper, whisper it in my ear. Oh, I knew it. Strapped to one of your bedposts underneath your bed. Okay. And then I'll fly back in as an eagle or something in about a... <coughs> oh, 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 I have Penelope need to let... Why don't you guys go near the windows? There's some crossbreeds. Follow me. I'm going to go out the window. You know, as a matter of fact, Roland, why don't you get your sword and see if you can knock out some of these blocks. Maybe they'll land on some of these blockheads. All right, I'm off. With that, stepmother disappeared into a room and returned in a cloak of gray, the same gray stone. And then she scaled down the wall. She got to the bottom. And the smoke ended up the smoke was kind of like a the fire blew out because the king was the one building the fire. So the smoke you know caused a little coughing, a little faint dizziness, but the thing blew out. So the king and the his advisors and such were standing around arguing with the um, with his bodyguards and such of what they're going to do. So she had no problem sneaking off. She snuck back into the castle. She got the wand. She turned herself into a majestic peacock, and she went to the edge of the window of Cinderella's room, high in a something called the Princess's Tower. A lot of towers. But yeah, right on the edge of the window of Princess's Tower. She was about to jump, and Cinderella saw her cross. She said, don't do it. Peacocks can't fly. So she right as she was about to jump and she was going to spread her plumage. She realized that that was a bad idea, so she changed herself into an eagle. Then she flew on eagle's wings. High above with breaking dawn. Knowing to shine like the sun. An eagle's wings. Um, I know there's a Bette Midler song in there somewhere, but that was a religious song, I believe. But she flew with a wand in her claws, two claws, so in case one lost control. She flew across. She flew into the window. She changed back into a 
woman that in modern days we might get plastic surgery from all the abuse she takes about her face. And they took the wand and they opened the portal, the portal to fairyland. And that's where we're going to stop tonight, folks, the portal to fairyland. What will happen next? Will it work? What's on the other side of fairyland? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm not exactly jumping through a portal of fairyland. You know, who knows what could happen. So that's where we're going to leave off. Good night. And I hope you get a good night's sleep.